We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Beer here back in the Fantasy Bar for the final baseball six-pack of the season. I've got five bats for you on Yahoo, all at $20 or below. A starting pitcher who the beer gut is really talking to me about. And my favorite play of the night, who is it? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome back, guys. Friday edition Beers Daily Fantasy Six Pack back here in the Fantasy Bar once again. And for the last time this season, giving you six of my favorite plays. But don't worry, we still got you covered over at Roto Grinders. A lot of great information for all your baseball needs. And I'll still be available to answer any questions we have. But got to start turning the bar over to football season here. So, wanted to take a minute before we get into things really quickly. And thank the team at Roto-Grinders, the guys behind the scenes, Simon, my dog, the best producer in the business. Thank you so much for all the hard work you guys do on these videos. You guys don't see them, and they don't get the pub, but these guys work very hard. So I want to say thank you to them, and a big thank you to all the bar patrons. Without you guys hitting the fantasy bar, there is no fantasy bar, and I realize that. So wanted to say a big shout-out to everybody who jumps in on the videos, comments on the videos, has a lot of feedback, even the negative folks. We still save some room for you here at the Fantasy Bar. But guys, greatly appreciate all the support. Love doing these videos. You guys keep showing up at the Fantasy Bar. I'll keep knocking them out. And yes, football videos will be starting soon. And we want to stay tuned for that and stay here at the Fantasy Bar. Might have some nice giveaways for you as well. So stay tuned for that. We'll be kicking those off as we get closer to football season. So again, thank you to everybody. Now, let's get some money in that pocket for football season. Let's start in the outfield with George Springer, $20. So Springer has been very consistent here. 14 of the last 15 games, this guy's got hits. Six of those are multi-hit games and solid numbers against lefties all season long. You see that Woba over 400, the ISO over 200, so exactly where we want him to be. And a very good fastball hitter. And Mr. Suarez uses that pitch about 47% of the time against right-handed hitters. 475 Woba and a 346 ISO for George Springer against fastballs. Houston in a tremendous spot here tonight. And Springer too cheap. Leaving this off at just $20. Speaking of too cheap and speaking of Houston, let's knock out our catcher position with Robinson Torinos at the minimum price, just $7. 
So look through all of his game logs on the season. This is the cheapest price we've gotten on him all season long at Yahoo. So let's buy low while we can. This guy's been hitting lefties extremely well. You see that hard contact rate, very big number, over 50%. A 2.24 ISO, a WOBA at 4.27. So getting the job done. And another guy that hits fastballs well, WOBA over 400. ISO approaching 300, and Suarez, we didn't dig too far into his numbers against righties when we talked about Springer, with 448 Woba allowed, 278 ISO allowed, and a lot of hard contact as well at 46%. Again, Stroh's in a great spot, but Robinson Trados may be the best buy low on Yahoo at minimum price. All right, to the infield here, third baseman Mike Moustakis, $15. Turned on the power switch here. Four home runs for him over the last four games. We know this guy hits righties with power. You see it in the ISO there. The Wobo also nice at 375. And all that despite a 263 batting average on balls in play. So not lucky here. This guy does this year in, year out. Nothing different here. And Merrill Kelly, a guy I want exposure to with lefties. You see that big hard contact rate. Anytime we're approaching 50% hard contact, that should tell you something. So the Brewers, a lot of lefties in that lineup that can do damage here. And Kelly, only a 15.6% strikeout rate to left-handed hitters. So we don't have to really worry about strikeouts. We get hard contact. And what does that lead to? Home runs. And I think that's what happens here. Calling my shot with Mike Moustakis going yard at $15. All right, I like that game. Let's go to the other side in the outfield with David Peralta, $14. So two bad pitchers, two very good offenses. I think this is one of the best game stacks we have on this slate tonight. And I really want David Peralta in that stack against Mr. Lyles. We'll get to him in a minute. But Peralta, year in, year out, a perennial stud against right-handed pitching. 371, the career Woba, right in line with what he's doing this season. 371, the ISO, the same. 211, career ISO, right around that same number. And Lyles, 415 Woba allowed two left-handed hitters, a lot of power as well, 288 ISO, a lot of fly balls, 42%, and a lot of hard contact, you guessed it. So the gumbo there, hard contact, fly ball rate, a high ISO, a high Woba, easy play here with David Peralta at $14. All right, Yahoo, we need two pitchers. We're going to give you one here for Jack Flaherty, $42. Talk about a guy that flies under the radar. This guy's been about as consistent as you could ask for. So if you're looking for a cash game starting pitcher, you can get Jack Flaherty in there. Over 20 Yahoo points in seven of his last eight starts. We're looking for upside in our tournament. So he's doing that as well. The strikeouts, seven or more for him in nine of the last 12 games. So the only game he didn't go over 20 points, 18.9. So it's not like he's been blown up. Very consistent. And a few of those very good teams in there, teams like the Cubs, Houston, the Dodgers. So it's not like he's just picking on bad teams here. And the Rockies, middle of the road in a lot of these stats. Strikeouts, 15th, Woba, ISO. They're in the middle of the pack here. But the beer got really talking, man. This one kept coming back to Jack Flaherty here. You get consistency. You get the strikeout upside plus the intuition of the beer gut. Really like the spot for Jack Flaherty tonight at $42. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play on Friday night. But before we do that, guys, as always, I want to know who your favorite play is. Who's your beast of the night? Let's end this baseball season with a bang. Let's see how many beasts of the night votes we can get there in the comment section. And while you're there on YouTube, guys, I need two things. Subscribe to the channel. Then you'll know when all the videos are coming out. Not only mine, a lot of other great videos coming out. There's football videos right around the corner. So that subscribe button will help you know when those are released. I also need you to hit that like button. Let's see if we can set a record 
for likes on this video for the season, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Now, let's take a look at my favorite play, you know, Mass, the beast of the night. Base, we're gonna go with Josh Bell of the Pirates, $16 tonight's beast of the night. Now, Bell been very, very quiet, no doubt. You're gonna look at his box scores, you're gonna say, Why the hell are we rostering this guy beer? Because he's gonna go yard tonight, you're gonna get him very low on. But let's dig into the numbers in the matchup here 329 ISO for him against right handed pitching, 427 weighted OBA. And Dee Sclafini, one of my favorite guys to target with power left-handed hitters. This is not a one-year sample. This is a guy that's been getting bombed by lefties year in, year out. But listen to some of these numbers, and you'll know why you got to play Josh Bell tonight. 397, weighted OBA, 264 is the ISO. Five ball rate, 49%. Hard contact rate, 46%. I could go on and on and on. Josh Bell in about the best matchup he could ask for price under price at $16, making Josh Bell easily my favorite play on Yahoo and tonight's beast of the night. All right, guys, that'll wrap us up here for Friday night in the Fantasy Bar and for this baseball season. Been a lot of fun, guys. Again, thank you to all you guys. Big shout-out to everybody who stopped by the bar. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you learned something, and hopefully you put a little money in your pocket. We'll be back with football closer to the start of the season for rotogrinders.com. I am Beer saying salut. Best of luck tonight, guys. Best of luck the rest of the way in the baseball season. And we'll see you right back here for football. Good luck, guys. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
What is up out there, everybody? And welcome to the Yahoo Lineup Builder GPP edition. I'm your host for the next hour, Head Chopper. We're going to break down some MLB game by game. Then we're going to build a lineup at the end. Whew, I'll tell you what, today I got a special treat for me today. I woke up thinking I was on the uh, schedule with somebody. Then for about an hour, I thought, I'm not, there's nobody wants to work with me here, man. I'm going to be, I'm going to have to do this show solo. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Cheese is good, pops up, fills in like he's throwing down his cape over the puddle for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm the damsel in distress and he come and rescue me. So, Cheese, what's up, man? When I heard there was an opening to do a show with Chop today, I mean, who, who doesn't want to jump on that? I was stunned it was still there for the taking. Yeah, yeah, shocking, just shocking, right? I mean, Friday, nobody wants to work, but that's where, hey, so uh, it's like you're at home right now, right? It's because you got your background up and everything. Yes, I am. I know last week you were partaking in the uh, festivities. Was it DraftKings, their big live final, right? So Yeah, we, and, were, at, uh, we were goofing around on uh, Wrigley Field this time last oh, week. Oh, so, that looked so good. And then it was, it was fun to be out there, yeah. And then Saturday night, you uh, – you had a really good opportunity there for I was kind of following along as it winded down and I thought, oh, this cheese is gonna finish another top three here. Another then all of a sudden you had that dramatic stuff happen in Milwaukee, kind of bumped you down a bit. But I was I was another pretty good showing. What on a on a scale of one to ten, how would you give that entire weekend that they put on last weekend? Uh I mean, if you don't count Sean Doolittle in the rankings, it was <laughs> it was a ten. Yeah. I mean it, it was a great weekend. Uh and um it's just, you know, it's more tilting when something random happens in the ninth inning. But uh, <coughs> now it was it was awesome that, you know, that uh, Kirk Deese was one of the main ones who benefited from that ninth inning. He got up to second. So at least one of, one of our guys uh, had a nice payday, and uh, that was good to see. And there were a whole bunch of RG guys out there. Uh, we had a blast. Yeah, saw some of the pre, pre, uh, pre-tournament night stuff out there hanging out at Wrigley Field. That did look like a blast, but uh, – here we go, man. We're going to get back on this horse here on this Friday night and uh, try to win some money here for the just the common folk, not not you, not you big dogs out there doing live finals and hitting home runs and wriggling and stuff. This is just for the common people. So I, I hit no home runs. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, who was so yeah, looking at all the BP that was taken? Who who would you say was the uh, most efficient hitter out there? Who now who's the most powerful hitter out there? Uh, you know, I, I didn't notice who was who, like there was a handful of guys hitting the ball really far, but I cannot comment on who they were because I do not know. Like I was hiding from the, like, like people were going to hurt me. So <laughs> I, I was barely, barely watching. I was just looking out for myself. Yep. Fair enough. Just enjoy your own self. That sounds good. Before we get cranked up here, let me kick off a few things. I need to, I need to get in here real quick. Guys, the like and subscribe button, please click it. Like and subscribe, whatever format you're walking, watching, watching this on, please click that. That's what keeps this thing going. NFL is, what is that? It's quickly approaching. We're about a week and a half to two weeks, about two weeks away, I guess, from NFL. NFL premium discord, major, major factor this year. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff in the discord channels. If you're, if you're not already a premium member out there in the discord, please get in there because you're going to get a lot of crazy good stuff in the discord this year and college football. I'm going to drop the college football in there too, even though my promo says just NFL. I can promise you. Uh, uh, college football discord is going to be awesome too uh best ball in yahoo that's live you can get on that it's not on my promos but i'm gonna kick yahoo a little best ball love right there if you want to get on that the rg badge promo this is the good stuff this is my favorite part you know that old rg badge thing where 
you got to switch your avatar to the RG avatar and all that good stuff. You know all that, how that works out, and you get all the free stuff. Well, listen, you don't even have to win anything. You can just randomly be chosen to get a shout-out on the show, like these two guys here. These are your shout-outs for the RG badge. These guys switch their avatar to the RG badge. They get a shout-out. Silly Dad 101, you get a shout-out. And uh, let me see if I get this one. MHDU2424. MHDU2424. You get a shout-out, too. So that's the uh, that's the legwork here, man. Now we're ready to get into some baseball in this little – what do we got, a full 14 games here? 14 games sounds good, right? We've got um, either 13 or 14. Yeah, yeah. There's an early game going on I right think now. there's one early game, and uh, – Looked like Adam Eaton hit a home run, so I went in and closed my laptop on that showdown because if you don't have Adam Eaton. All right, so first game on the board. Oh, man, we're going to kick it off here. Kick it off in style with one of my favorite offenses on the night. Tampa Bay travels to Baltimore with the park upgrade facing the Orioles. It's tie block on one side. Trevor Richards on the other side, 10.5 total here. Uh, start off with the pitching. Trevor Richards, tie block. Did they move the needle for you? Uh, I mean, definitely not block. Uh, Richards, if Richards was like minimum salary, I would be looking at him. Um, the problem is he's just not pitching long. Like he's only been in Tampa for a while. They had him down in the minors pitching two innings at a time. They just have this idea that starters are supposed to pitch four innings. And, uh, it's, it's really kind of rough. Anyone outside of their top couple guys, like, um, I, I just, I just don't think he's going to pitch long enough to be useful. Like skills wise, him versus the Orioles. Sure. But at $33 on Yahoo, he's not really on my board. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at with the pitching. That leads to the offense. I'm going to kick it off with this good offense, Tampa Bay taking on tie block. So uh, looking at this lineup here, when I did my morning research, uh, there was a couple guys who stood out. Looks like uh, some of them didn't make the lineup, but we still get a nice little lineup here against the left-hander tie block, who hasn't been very effective this year at all. Uh, Tommy Pham jumps off the page. Uh, Jesus, Jesus Aguiar has been a guy in the past. He's been pretty good against lefties this year. I don't know. The numbers just don't look good. Maybe you can break that down for me a little more, why that would look so bad this year. And he's been pretty darn good the rest of his career against left-handers. But Tampa Bay offense, who does it for you in this in this lineup? Yeah, I mean, it's a real bummer not to have Darno in there. Um, I, I had him as a core play starting out. And actually, when this show's over, I'm going to, find another core play to put in um the good thing about them is they're cheap so the guys that like you might not just love on their own like duffy and heredia and rosso and zanino like they're so cheap that as far as a stack goes i mean yeah play them i would just say like aguiar last year was almost certainly a career year this year he's not this bad um but to me, he's really not a guy you want to go out of your way to play on his own uh, either. Like, especially on a team like Tampa, people are going to be stacking it. Uh, the chances that he's just the guy who hits two home runs and the rest of the team struggles is, is not very high. So um, if I was going to play just one guy on his own, I really like Austin Meadows. Um, nobody plays a lefty-lefty. Meadows is actually arguably the best hitter on this team against lefties. Um, plus the fact they're going to see some bullpen. I, I think if you just want one batter – I say you play Meadows um, and within a stack, I think even though they're the expensive ones, I think you need fam and Meadows and then just kind of filter in this mess of lesser hitters uh, that are cheap. 
Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more as far as this, this lineup. Uh, their, their best hitter by the numbers against left-handers didn't make it, Darno. And so uh, I think we are left with Austin Meadows, and people probably won't play him that much because of the lefty-lefty. So I get you on that one. do like that. Uh, Baltimore gets Trevor Richards. Baltimore is made up of a bunch of mixed pieces here who aren't particularly good as an entirety, as a group, but maybe individually you can pick out some guys. So, uh, I mean, is there anybody that jumps out of this lineup to you against Trevor Richards? Yeah, you know, from a, a batted ball perspective, like Richards has been kind of reverse splitsy. He's got decent strikeout ability against righties, but um, Mancini, Santander, Nunez right in the middle. Um, I, I would think that's a place you go looking for a home run. I mean, none of them are, are standout plays on this slate, but if you're multi-entering tournaments – I think those are guys that you put in the mix. Um, all three of them are pretty similar to me, and I, I don't. I don't have a strong preference. I, I guess I would play Mancini, um, but those those three are all kind of on my board, just as sort of tournament afterthoughts. Fair enough. Let's get on down the road here. It's uh, we got about fifty minutes left. We are going to preserve the last ten to fifteen minutes of this show to build a little Yahoo GPP lineup. It's going to be on my account. It's going to be on my dollar. So uh, we got to make it good. So we got to we got to make sure we have enough time. So next game on the board, another early one: Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Mitch Keller on one side, D. Scalfini on the other side. It's a nine total with a, just a slight lean towards Keller in, in the Vegas odds. Keller, D. Scalfino, D. Scalfini. You know what I mean. But uh, what do we got here for the Mitch Keller's got a pretty good pedigree, right? But uh, can we use him tonight? Yeah, so Keller, like, one of these days, he's just going to turn it on and figure it out. Um, he is going to be a very good pitcher one day, but I, it's kind of just wishful thinking to think it's today. Like, so far, he's been just kind of okay. Like, the stuff is fantastic. Um, I think he's definitely tournament playable, especially on Yahoo. I mean, he's only $26. Um, so, yeah, like, even if he's not great, he doesn't kill you. Um, but there's a lot of good pitching tonight. He's just kind of maybe good pitching. So uh, he is not a priority at all. Um, but, you know, I, whatever you call the other guy, Desclafuni, uh, Anthony Desclafani, um, he's not Yahoo playable at all to me at $39. Like that's a goofy, a goofy salary for him in this matchup, even though he's a semi-talented guy. Uh, I, I think he's not really playable. So let's start off with some hitting here on Cincinnati. We got Keller on this side. We know this park. It's a pitcher's park, but if there is any kind of lean, it's a lean towards left-handed hitters. A little bit easier for them to hit home runs here. So you got some guys at the top of the order. Uh, Van Meter, Galvez, a switch hitter. They're, they're going to get the bat left-handed here against Keller. Anybody in the Cincinnati lineup that uh, you look at and say, all right, I can put them, I can put them in my, my core tonight. I'm pretty on board with Van Meter leading off at twelve dollars. Um, we've also got, you know, Derek Dietrich is back in the lineup. He's been out for, I don't know, a month. He's minimum salary, even though he's at the bottom. I think they're both interesting. Um, you know, the best hitters on the team, Suarez and Aquino, they're they're a little too pricey for any sort of a core primary build, but but they're fine. So I would say Van Meter is is kind of the the main target here. On the flip side there, we got a Pittsburgh lineup. It's pretty much been like a one-man show all year long. It's, it's just been Josh Bell. 
Hasn't been particularly good lately. I guess since the All-Star break, he's kind of cooled off a bit. Uh, he's down to $16. It's against a mediocre right-hander. I mean, is, is Josh Bell the only guy that's even playable in his lineup? Um, I've got Brian Reynolds on my list as well. I mean, Descofani against lefties, like, just loves to give up home runs. It's like his favorite thing to do. Um, it's give up home runs, and then he likes to go out and see movies and uh, play yes. park with his dogs and then give up more home runs. Those are like his four main things. Um, so, yeah, Bell first, but I, I'm pretty interested in Reynolds as well. He's another guy that just kind of came out of nowhere but hits the ball hard, has has good power. So I, I, I would play both of those two guys in tournaments. Sounds good. We're going to keep that in mind when we build that lineup in a little bit. Atlanta at New York is our next game. Pitcher's duel here, seven and a half total, raises some red flags on the hitting. Fultonevich on one side, Jacob DeGrom on the other. DeGrom's minus 190. So uh, I know DeGrom's got to be near the top of your list. And uh, just how far up the list is DeGrom? And where does uh, where does Fulte rank on this, on this slate of games? Yeah, so, I mean, DeGrom is definitely the top guy for raw points. And on Yahoo, it's not really that hard to fit him. Um I think you can just play him. There are other pitchers with the same upside who have easier matchups, but as far as just who's the best pitcher, like who's not going to ruin your night, it's it's always Degrom. So, and I don't think he's by any means a must play, uh, but I do think he's the top play. And you know, Fulty, I like the salary. Um, he's been kind of you know, like clearly last year was was the breakout year and it's not coming back. Um, he's had his moments this year, but I don't, I don't think he's trustable by any stretch. I don't think the Mets are terrible, but you know, this lineup isn't really great either. I mean, the bottom of this lineup, once you get past JD Davis, um, I mean, there's some very easy outs down there. I think he'll be fine. Like I, he is definitely in my mix. Like I've got him ahead of guys like Keller and Trevor Richards. Um, but still not not a priority play. Yeah, do the Mets do the Mets uh, do the Mets make the playoffs? I'm gonna answer you. I ask you a question there. They're they're on they're on a hot streak, but yeah, I, I'm gonna say no. But it, it's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be fun uh, down the stretch. All right. So these two pitchers. I mean, Degrom's obviously a stud, and Fulty's decent enough. Is it is it decent enough to drive us off the hitters in this game? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty goofy to play Braves. I mean, you can, like, some of these hitters, like Acuna for me, they're just so good. Sure, you can play them anytime, but I think it's getting really too tricky. Um, I do think Alonzo and Conforto are pretty playable. Um, in the past, Fulte to lefties has been kind of a thing. This year, he's not even really doing much against righties. So, as far as just finding a home run, um, I think both those guys are very tournament playable. You could even do J.D. Davis, although – I mean, this is not the game you want to focus on. So pretty much just Conforto Alonso is one off for me. Fair enough. Kansas City is at Cleveland tonight with uh, Plesek on one side, Jacob Judas on the other side. Cleveland minus the 190. It's a 9-4 total. Uh, mainly all that goes towards Cleveland, that implied run total. Uh, Judas not particularly good, and this is not the matchup I think we want to play him in. But Kansas City's not a – particularly good offense outside if you can dodge two guys Solaire, Dozier you can do you can have some success against them Plesek's not bad can we play Plesek tonight for 39 bucks on Yahoo I think Yahoo hasn't priced up too much uh, to be playable um, both these guys are like 
totally decent pitchers that are matchup dependent. And Kansas City is just not bad enough to put a guy like Plezak in play at that salary for me. Um, so to, to me, this is just a no. All right, then we get to some offense. Uh, like I said, Sol- Soler, Dozier, awesome one-two punch for Kansas City this year. Uh, is there anybody outside of those guys? And how high, how high do that, those particular guys rank at their positions for you? Those two guys rank pretty high. I mean, I, I like them almost every day. Um, and if you look at Plezak's numbers, like we're starting to get up to a meaningful sample size. And he does look like a reverse splits guy. Um, I mean, the hard hits to righties are just way up there. I think they're fantastic plays. Um, and on Yahoo, Merrifield is too cheap. Um, if you were going to play, if you needed someone at second base at that price, like I think that's very fair to just do a one, two, three. Um, but yeah, Soler and Dozier are pretty high up my list. Cleveland. All right. So am I, uh, am I egregiously bad in my thinking here to, to say that Carlos Santana in this matchup might be the best hitter in this lineup tonight? Did you read my article today, Chuck? <laughs> I mean, do I, 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 I'm going to plead the fifth on that one because I've been busy today. Well, but... that's what I said. I said, oh, I my goodness, Carlos Santana. Um, I love it when the great minds think it like, or when, or when the one great mind, and, and I can just agree with him. I like that. I like that. Yeah, so, I mean, really, Junis is the type of pitcher that you know he's going to throw strikes. He's fine, but he's hittable. To me, those three switch hitters, Santana, Lindor, and Ramirez, are all just really fantastic plays. Um, and I'm pretty interested in Puig as well at that salary. Even, even Framiel Reyes um, for some cheaper power. Yeah, this is, this is a team to target today. Um, it's more about individual bats than full stacking for me. Just because, like, Junis really is not a bad pitcher, um, but we should expect some home runs. Um, they're just expensive enough that it's kind of hard to get them all together. But I, I really like Santana, Lindor, Ramirez. Fair enough. I uh, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's a – it's a good, I think it's a good stack. You're not a big fan of the stack of it, but I think the, the key here is I think we can look at one through practically one through nine. All of them can produce some sort of, even the bottom of the order. I always like that bottom of the order power for stats. It's a nice little yeah, thing. Roberto Perez is kind of a sneaky good. Sneaky good. Like he's, what is it like? Uh, something like the second or third most home runs for just pure catchers this year in, in the majors or some crazy stat like that. I would have never thought of, but. It's the truth. They all have power down there. They they bolstered themselves at the trade deadline. It makes that bottom of the order look even better with Reyes down there. So yeah, it's an exciting team. I I I like it. Fair enough. Uh, Philly at Miami. Next on the list, uh, Vincent Velasquez, the strikeout king against Hector Noesi. Yes, that's how you do it. Nine for a total here. One sixty four for Velasquez. Miami, not a good offense. This guy. Can strike people out when he's actually throwing strikes. What's up? How, I mean, he's got to be be on our list tonight, right? Like, this is one of the worst pitchers to be chalky, but he has to be chalky tonight. I mean, this, this matchup is as perfect as it gets for him. And the problem is there is no such thing as a safe Vince Velasquez matchup. Mm-hmm. But he, can, he can fall apart with the best of them. Um, but just as far as – if it's ever going to work out to be just perfect, this is it. Um, he can strike these guys out. His only weakness is, you know, he gives up the hard hit fly balls. Well, Miami, 
they don't do that. Like they're not good. Um, yeah, I, I think Velasquez is a chalky pitcher, and I like him. So, um, like, I, I'm not going to go all in on a guy like this because he's just fallen apart too many times. And there's always some innings question because he gets a little wild. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a good play. Yeah, I agree. So uh, yeah, you, you do have to temper your expectation. I, we've seen plenty of aces this year just get rattled by teams that they should dominate. So of course, Velasquez. Seems like it's Miami most of the time. Too. Yeah, it is. That's what I was going to say. But uh, it seems like so he, we know he could fall apart. That's why that's the beauty of baseball. When you enter a bunch of lineups, don't you don't have to use the same guy over and over. Like basketball, you would lose. You know, if I love me some James Harden, I'm gonna I can play him in 100 percent and feel pretty good about it. You don't want to do that in baseball. So. But he's a he's a pretty good pitcher when he's on. This Miami lineup, not good. So I'm going to assume that if we're going to do anything, we're going to one-off a guy out of the heart of the lineup, Brian Anderson or something like that. But I really yeah, want like, to I'm you- always willing to look for a home run against Velasquez. Um, Anderson and, and uh, you know, his friend Cooper. Anderson yeah. Cooper, always- <laughs> oh, yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I, I like that. Those are the two guys, yeah. On the flip side, Philly gets no AC and they get a uh, – it's a park downgrade for their hitters here. This is a big, spacious ballpark out there in Miami. But uh, what can we do with Philly here? I, I mean, how how high up the stack list do they rank? I mean, I could make a case to put them first based on ownership. Um, like, just nobody plays any bats in Miami ever regardless of anything. Like, it doesn't matter who it is – it could be the 1927 Yankees in their prime against me and no one would play them because it's in Miami. Like it's the strangest thing. Um, no, it's not ideal. Um, and like, they don't have Bryce Harper in the lineup, but that just further lowers the ownership. Like no one's going to play them. Um, I think at, at least you should be considering Hoskins and real Muto. Um, maybe Dickerson and they're just cheap enough to, you know, just cheap enough to stack and feel okay about it. Um, like I don't put them first at all for who, who do I think is going to score the most runs? No, I don't think it's going to be them. Um, but the team that nobody's going to play other than probably Hoskins that could go off, I would say it's Philly. Yeah. Everybody's got their guys, the, those particular guys in whatever sport that you just gravitate to. You just, I guess for you, it's what Matt Carpenter is your guy, one of your guys. Well, that was last year. I haven't played him. <laughs> this year yeah for me it's Corey Dickerson so when I see this guy bad and clean up tonight I'm ready I'm ready for it that's 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 my guy so I I like I'm with you I like that Philly stack all right let's get to a more uh hitter friendly ballpark uh Texas Rangers at the Chicago White Sox tough pitching matchup though for hitters Lance Lynn on one side Dylan Cease on the other side eight and a half total a minus 138 for Lance Lynn it's a bad ballpark for pitchers It, it does we get we get a lot of home runs here can we, well, I mean, how, how, how do these guys rank on your list? Um, very interested in Lance Lynn. Um, 53 bucks. That's a big, that, that's a big number. It's almost a good thing. Like when, okay. when a guy is clearly overpriced, I see it as a good thing. Like he's more expensive than Jacob DeGrom, um, which just means no one plays him, but righties against the White Sox are such a thing. Um, I'm a little nervous on Lynn. Like he started slowing down. The controls gotten a little wonky, but I mean, he was so good for so long. Um, and it's righties against the White Sox. Um, I, I I can't quite call him my favorite tournament option because we've got Flaherty coming up, but um, I think Lynn is absolutely fantastical play. 
What about Cease? I mean, uh, I know he's a young guy. He's, he's got the pedigree. I mean, how, how would you rank him tonight just in a vacuum? It's kind of like the Mitch Keller thing. Like, yeah. one of these days, he's just going to – everything's going to be amazing. He's going to figure it out. Um, I do not like this matchup for him. Um, he's been – terribly bad against lefties um and it'll be you know four four of the top five batters are lefties there are some i could see him getting things done against the bottom of the lineup and get some strikeout upside so i do think he's tournament playable but i i favor the the texas lineup just because of how good those four four lefties in the top five are well let's talk about that texas lineup for a minute against these what's uh what stands out to you so i mean what stands out is Cease has struck out 12% of lefties. Like he's clearly doesn't have this figured out yet. Um, he'll get there, but not there right now. Um, Chu Santana, Calhoun and Odor are all good power hitters in Chicago. Um, I would play them all on their own or I would play them all together. Um, I love them all. Chicago White Sox. I mean, I, I can't believe that they did John Jay wrong and, and moved him all the way down to six. This is a clear cleanup hitter in 2019, and, and he's getting the bump down. I don't like that at all. But other than that, Lance Lynn, pretty good pitcher. Uh, is there anybody you want to target in this lineup, or like uh, even in GPPs? Because that's what we're going to build today is the Yahoo GPP lineup. Uh, Abreu is always, I guess, a good option, but is there anybody else that you say, all right, or can you go like a back-to-back, -back, like an Abreu Montada or something like that? Is anybody – Looking by the numbers, look like a pretty good play to you. Uh, Mankata is the only guy who's on my radar here. Uh, Lynn is a little worse against lefties. He's still decent, but, you know, more or less an average pitcher to lefties. Um, and uh, Mankata is the best hitter they have uh, against against righties. I mean, Abreu maybe, but because Lynn is better against righties. So, to me, that's a, that's a one-man team. All right. Good. Let's move on to a real game now, a real team from Texas, the Houston Astros at home tonight against the Angels. Jose Suarez on one side, Zach Greinke on the other side. we got a nine total here. Greinke's minus 280, huge number for him. Uh, I'm assuming we don't have much interest in Suarez, but uh, Zach Greinke. Oh, yeah, well, so maybe, maybe you do have interest in Suarez. No, I, I don't. Words in your mouth. I think you said that fine. Um, yeah, so Greinke, uh, Yahoo, to me, he's overpriced. Like, he has not shown any sign that he's going to be a different type of pitcher in Houston. Like, we all hoped that maybe they'll yeah. turn him into a strikeout guy. Same old Zach Greinke, which is absolutely great in real life. Um, but he's the kind of guy that needs to be cheap or have just a perfect matchup to want to pay this price. Um, so, personally, on Yahoo, it's not really a Greinke play for me. Um, but he's certainly good enough. You, you can get away with it. Um, but, obviously, this game is just all about Houston bats. Um, and that's where you should start most lineups if you can. But uh, All right. Just to clean it up a little bit, he's good enough, though, Grinky, that we don't want to uh, target any particular Angels hitters, though, right? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say is that this is one of your slates where you can get Mike Trout under 5% ownership. And theoretically, you should always do that yeah, regardless of anything. But But that's about it. All right, let's talk about uh, this matchup with Suarez then for these Astros hitters. We got a guy who's uh, just been pretty bad in general, but particularly terrible against right-handed hitters. You know, can't strike them out, gives up the hard rate hits. And looking up and down this lineup, there's a couple that really stand out to me. First guy I want you to talk about, Altuve. I got him as the number one second baseman tonight. Surprisingly enough, he's come back from the injury, which kind of – 
altered the first part of the season for him. Hasn't done anything. Hadn't set off any bells like like he did a couple years ago when he was MVP. But still, you look at the numbers. He's probably the best guy in this lineup against left-handed hitters this year. So how high does Altuve rank in your second baseman rankings? Um, to me, Altuve is the third hitter on this team. Like, I, I like Bregman and Springer considerably better. And they're cheaper. Like, I don't – I don't like $26 for Altuve. Like, that's a weird salary. I mean, of course, play him. Like, yes, he's the best second baseman tonight. Um, but as far as when you take salary into account, um, that that's kind of a little wonky to me. Um, like, I, I would prioritize Bregman and Springer first. But by all means, like, those are your three guys um, to build around. Yeah, Bregman – Bregman is definitely the next guy on the list I was going to talk about. When you combine Altuve and Bregman and their lack of striking out against left-handers with their power and Suarez's lack of being able to strike out right-handers, it's a pretty good recipe for a little uh, mini Houston stack there, right? Add, add uh, Guriel, little layer, who strikes out even less than both of them. Okay. Like, I saw that number. That's a crazy – he's like I, I don't know how I don't know how Suarez gets through this. Like, it's, it's – um, he shouldn't. Could be pretty rough. And then uh, just when you uh, think you're out of the weeds on right-handers, they, they, you, you got to face Alvarez, and that's a pretty tough task too. So, Houston, let's say you were – In tournaments, kind of same thing as that Austin Meadows thing. Like, just nobody plays a lefty-lefty. Well, yep. Alvarez has all the power in the world against anybody. Yeah, he does. It, it doesn't seem like it affects him too much. You know, if you're pitching in his zone, he's going to hit it out. That's, that's what he's kind of been. So – I like that play. If you're stacking them, give me give me your uh, – based on the Yahoo salaries, who's your four-man Houston stack tonight? Uh, it has to be Bregman and Springer. Um, and then I would say Alvarez is the next guy in for me. So then it's really going to come down position and salary. If you have the salary to make it Altuve, that's what I would do. If then, not, then I would go down to – Salary for your catcher there? Yeah. So if, if you can't fit Altuve, I would use Chirinos. Like it, Locks up your catcher position, saves you the money. All right, let's go uh, next game on the board. What do we got, 320? We got about 30 minutes left, so we got time here. Detroit at Minnesota. Whew, this is a good one here for our pitching. We got Drew Verhagen on one side. Not, not particularly worried about him, but a minus 350 favorite for Jose Barrios. I'm going to pull this one up on plate IQ. This is my guy. I know you said DeGrom was your number one pitcher tonight. In a, you know, almost slates, I would say that. I really like Berrios. If he can get it, if he can get it together here tonight, this should be the prime matchup for him. So I'm going to pull this up here, looking at the uh, Detroit hitters. I mean, we, we got a guy who can strike people out, but this, this lineup, just terrible. Look at all this red we have for uh, strikeout rates. We got one, two, three, four, five guys over 28% strikeout rate against right-handers. This is just not a good lineup. Yeah, it's terrible. It's just like uh, them and the White Sox are the two teams where you attack with right-handed pitchers. So just like the Lance Lynn thing um, is a very good real-life pitcher. He's he's not usually a great DFS pitcher. His strikeouts aren't his thing, but he should get a few extra strikeouts from this lineup. Um, yeah, to me, he's a an ideal cash game kind of play. Like I like him a little better than Grinky tonight. Very similar pitcher to Grinky. So I would just play based on the, uh, the matchup, which is edged to Berrios. The Minnesota hitters here against Verhagen, who hasn't been, you know, there's nothing that stands out about him, not, not really striking guys out too much. High XFIP, I'm pulling it up on plate IQ right now, just doesn't look particularly great in general. Uh, this Minnesota offense can put up runs in bunches. 
via the home run too. So what stands out to you in this lineup? Just uh, glancing over it, I, I'm seeing some some guys with, that don't strike out a whole lot, that hit for power. What stands out to you? Yeah, um, Kepler and Polanco are two of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, they're kind of right behind, you know, I talked about like Bregman Springer as a pair, like Kepler and Polanco are kind of right behind them as the next little teammates that I would love to have either on their own or together in a mini stack, you know, Nelson Cruz. Uh, I mean, he makes me proud to be an old person. Um, like by all means play him in any Minnesota stack. Like it's just fantastic. Um, Jason Castro is one of my favorite cheap catchers for tournaments. Uh, that's another guy that just <laughs> has a pretty good amount of power. Um, everything in the middle there, mostly kind of just left for stacking. Um, I do expect the twins to score all kinds of runs and, you know, who knows where it'll come from. I mean, Marwin or Arias, Sano can always hit a home run. Um, it's a bummer that Rosario's out. He kind of tweaked his hamstring yesterday, but, uh, still just Kepler Polanco alone make this a team I want to play. Yeah, that's a good stack right there. Let's go to the next game on the board, Arizona at Milwaukee. Uh, Jordan Lyles versus Merrill Carroll. We got Merrill Carroll on the card here. It seems like I'm always doing a show when Carroll's on the board here. Kelly. Uh, yeah, I know. But <laughs> we, we, we affectionately nicknamed him Merrill Carroll. So, pitching is, I mean, I know you're not taking Kelly against Milwaukee at home, but Lyles against Arizona, can you do it? I, I mean, I can make a case for it, but I don't want to. So, Okay, then let's talk about hitting then. I'll start off with Arizona against Lyles, who's a very average pitcher. Anybody in this lineup, we do have a lineup out right now, actually. Anybody look like they're uh, in a pretty good spot tonight? They really do. Um, Lyles against lefties is a thing. Uh, Marte and Escobar um, are just really good. Uh, Peraltas and Lamb are interesting as well, but uh, definitely Marte Escobar with the edge. When you add in, there's always the chance of facing some good lefties later, so Give me those two guys. Um, I do like that Lamb salary on Yahoo. He's minimum. Uh, you might need that. He's fine to stick in at third if you need something cheap. Yeah, who doesn't like a little lamb? Got to have a little lamb there. All right, on the flip side, though, Kelly. Ham chops. Ham chops. Kelly is, uh, well, he's, he's okay, but looking at some of his numbers, they don't look particularly great. Yeah. And, you, you know, obviously uh, a good lineup. We don't have it out just yet, but when it does come out, i got to assume the MVP, Yelich, is going to be in there taking a gander at his numbers against right-handers are pretty darn spectacular. So if you have one luxury spin tonight as a hitter, on a hitter, you know, you could take anybody in the high range. Yelich is my number one guy, raw points projected. Yeah, where does he rank for you? Uh, he's second for me. I, I go Bregman and then Yelich, but, I mean, that's kind of splitting hairs. Like, yeah, Yelich is definitely one of the very best plays on this slate. And $25, you, you can afford him. Um, I think, like, Grandal and Moustakas are way too cheap here. Thames is too cheap. Um, I think a full stack is very interesting. This is one of those spots where it's going to be pretty obvious to get the lefties in. Because Yelich is the obvious best play. Grandal, Moustakas, and Thames are all affordable. So, I think you've got to say you want to be a little different in a stack. So, play one of the righties at least. Um, any of Kane here and, and Braun just so you don't have the same stack as everybody else. Yeah. So how much how, do you play very much on Yahoo? 
Uh, I've just started in the last couple of weeks. Like it, uh, it was the last site to open up in Alabama. So uh, oh, yeah, I, I do not have the strategy totally figured out yet. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, we all like to stack everybody in baseball, stack, stack, stack. They, I do show, I do this show with Kirk Deese quite often, and he said, no, man, on Yahoo, we don't necessarily need to stack because uh, the scoring is just different than, you know, one off your guys or one-two punch from these teams, but you don't have to stack. So I was going to ask you what you felt on that. So I guess I'll yeah, let that's, you uh, that's where I'm leaning not right now, but I, I definitely – I would listen to Kirk ahead of me on Yahoo right now. <laughs> you're right, Kirk. Yeah, there, yeah, you're right. He's got – have you ever seen his balance? Sometimes when he does screen share on Yahoo, he'll slip in his balance, and it's pretty impressive stuff there, man. So, yeah, yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing all right. Next next game on the board, Colorado. Yeah, he's really doing fine after this past weekend, too. I right. totally forgot about that. Colorado at St. Louis. Uh, this is uh, man. How is this total only eight in this game with Peter Lambert pitching? Colorado scores zero, so it's there's some right, eh? zero. Flowerty and Lambert. Lambert's terrible. Flowerty can be all right. Uh, it's minus two seventy in favor of St. Louis here, so Flaherty's definitely got some win equity if you're if you're playing on a site that rewards the wins a little bit more. Starting off with the pitching here, Flaherty. Uh, can you roster him tonight for forty two dollars on Yahoo? Uh, not only can you, you have to. Really. With all the guys we've – because you only got two spots, and it feels to me like I've got to lock up one on Barrios, and there's so many other options. But Flaherty, you're saying, is almost a must-play. Well, I hope that other people are along your train of thought. Yeah, yeah probably. I think, yeah. I'm no, probably he, totally uh, with the crowd here because I'm I mean, not, he's definitely not a must-play because it is a loaded pitching slate. But uh, he's my favorite play on the slate, salary included. So for, for 42, um, that's the guy I will have the most of. He's just He's been awesome. Um, and Colorado on the road, no story. Um, I, I love it. Yeah. So we're going to pretty much just gloss over Colorado because we don't, we don't want to attack Flaherty. There's just too much good offense to really mess around there. I do want to focus on St. Louis a little bit here against Lambert. Lambert's not good. Uh, in fact, I'm going to pull that up on plate IQ, but he's been downright awful this year. Uh, and then, you know, if I'm, if there's a lean one way, he leans a little bit worse towards lefties, but you know, like I said, he's bad regardless. Uh, Ozuna looks like he stands out in this lineup to me. So I don't know. I want you to, I want your thoughts on the St. Louis lineup against a very subpar Peter Lambert, or I guess his name's Peter, who can't strike anybody out. Petey. It's Petey at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I think Fowler is, is my favorite play leading off. Oh, you must've read my Roto World article today. That is how I do it. Goodness yes. gracious. <laughs> um, yeah, so Fowler, and then as far as the righties, like he is much worse against lefties. Uh, as far as the righties, you want fly balls where you can get them. So I'd go to Young first, Goldie second. But I mean, all three in the middle are totally playable. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd Fowler first. Just I, I like the way he's hitting leading off. And, you know, Wong hitting second is interesting. I'm glad they've moved him back up for now. Um, yeah, Lambert is just so beatable. I think you can play anybody here. Yeah, that's that's what the gist of it, I think, right there. Lambert, not particularly good and a decent offense when it clicks. I haven't looked at Kevin Roth's uh, weather report, but sometimes in St. Louis in the summertime, you can get some sneaky good hitting weather there. Uh, Going to have to check the dew points on that one, I'm not sure. But otherwise, we can move it on down the road. That's a good offense right there, St. Louis, very under the radar on this kind of slate. Next up, we're going to – now Now we get out there to the uh, West Coast games. This one's Boston at San Diego. <clears throat> Pretty good pitching matchup here. Eduardo Rodriguez, the left-hander. Chris Paddock, the right-hander. 
almost dead even on the odds here, and it's a four for an over-under. Rodriguez and Paddock. Gosh, Rodriguez is kind of priced up here, but uh, what do you think about these two guys? Uh, this is such a strange game, both this and the next game. You can almost put them together. Uh, you know, really good teams going out west to face good pitchers. I, I don't think you – I don't think you can even really consider pitching here, and I don't really want bats. Um the only thing is that's just going to be the consensus. Like nobody's going to play this game. Um, to me, if you're going to do something here, I think you play some Boston bats. Like Paddock has started showing signs of kind of wearing down a little bit. Um, it's not like he's going to pitch all day anyway. De- Devers is a guy I like regardless. Um, it's it's tough to want to pay for like bets and JD and these guys on this slate, but just the fact that nobody's going to do it makes it interesting. I think you I think you hit on a point there for DFS in general that if you can find a trend and you can get on it before other people, that's really how you make your money. And whatever sport it is, you find that trend. And if Paddock's looked great all year and now he's kind of hitting some chinks in the armor and you can catch it before other people and get on it before they do the infamous 10-day injured list here next week or after this next start, then uh, you can make some money. So uh, I would agree with that. I like that. I like that scenario. All right. What do we got here? 20 minutes left in this program. A couple uh, West Coast games to go, and then we'll start to build some lineup action for you. Maybe maybe we'll have enough time to uh, go two different routes on our lineups. But the next game on the board, this is a real barn burner as far as real-life stuff here. New York travels to the L.A. Dodgers tonight, eight-and-a-half total. Uh, incredible year. Ruse having on one side against James Paxton. Not, not such an incredible year, but, boy, he's – He's got talent to get there. He just hasn't pieced it together in the Yankees uniform yet. Is tonight the night against these Dodgers where he really just uh, he just puts it together and strikes out like 12 guys? I mean, it shouldn't be, you know, based on the matchup. Like, he just – he hasn't been efficient at all. Um, I, can't, I can't use him. Like, I love that salary. Like, based on who he is and the history and the, the strikeout ability, to be $36, seem, it seems pretty wonky, but – I'm not playing them, uh, I, but I don't really want to play bats either. It's, it's the same as that Boston San Diego game. Like th- this is like a world series game. It, it, these are just good teams on all sides. Like the hitters are good too. But so are the pitchers, so are the bullpens. Um, I don't know what to do here. I guess like, I can't even tell you not to play. I mean, Gary Sanchez is $12 and Aaron judge is $11. Like, Oh, Aaron Judge, man. Yeah. I mean, but I don't really want to play them. Um, well, let's just talk about forget these two games, but that's the whole point. Everybody's yeah. going to just forget these two games. Let's talk about scenarios there. Would you rather roster Paxton or would you rather take like a Pollock or a Turner who've had career success success against lefties? Which one are you more likely to roster? The pitcher or the batter. I guess it would be Paxton. And then on the flip side, you've got such a salary. I mean, Aaron Judge, like you said, eleven bucks is that's pretty rowdy salary for him. And uh, and Sanchez at twelve as a catcher, great. But then you've got an All Star pitcher on the other side. Are you more likely to go for the forty five dollar pitcher or to take the incredible value with those Yankees hitters? I would be Judge Sanchez. Oh, interesting. All right, so that's all we can do. Otherwise, really. You don't want to stack these offenses. 
these offenses are good enough. You really don't want to load up on too much pitching against them. So I get it. We're kind of in a catch-22 here, but uh, you, you can always extract a little bit of value from somewhere. We don't have quite the same uh, scenario in the next game where I think we can rack up on some hitting here, maybe. Toronto at, at uh, Seattle, nine and a half total. Trent Thornton on one side, Justice Sheffield, 28 bucks on the other side, pitching for Seattle tonight. The pitching, is it uh, 27 bucks and 28 bucks? They're definitely cheap enough. They're cheap for a reason, though. Are you uh, interested in either one of these guys? Uh, I don't think you need it on Yahoo. Like, the thing about Yahoo, like, the, the really cheap pitchers aren't that much cheaper than the mid-tier compared to, like, what they are on DraftKings. So, I, I don't think tonight that you need to go down here. Um, it's interesting, but like Thornton looks like another guy that's wearing down, um, to me, like the time to play him was two months ago. And I, that has passed with, with Sheffield. I I'm so interested in what happens here. Like this was a top prospect a few years ago. And every time he's been at single A or double A, he's been like amazing. Um, but every time he's gotten higher than that, he's been just brutal. So this year at, at AAA, he was horrendous. And they sent him back down to AA, and he dominated again. So now they're just calling him all the way up and letting him skip AAA as if that's going to fix the problem of not being able to beat better hitters. I, I have no idea what's going to happen with Sheffield. Um, I think you, you can play him and you can stack against him because we have no idea. Well, we'll start off with the Seattle offense then real quick. Uh, there's a couple guys who are kind of interesting in there. It's a late game. You know, you get these West Coast games, and they're just not as owned – on a full slate as the earlier games. So a guy like Seeger flies under the radar. Vogelbach, definite, definite power there flies in. And like you said, Trent Thornton not look particularly great lately. So uh, the Seattle offense, who can you pick out? And is it generally, do you think it's a good thing to target some of these guys in this offense tonight? I think Vogelbach is definitely one of my favorite plays on the whole slate. Um, other than him, you know, maybe a little Seeger. Um, but pretty much I'm just playing Vogelbach. I, I was looking at Seager earlier today on DraftKings. But it's, it's, it's I'm sure that he's $25. Yeah, taking a look on Yahoo. This is the first time I saw the Yahoo price on Seager. That's, they max him out at $27 for a hitter. So the, the maximum salary, like the Mike Trouts of the world are $27. You know, to pay 25 yeah, I, for I, I feel like they – they they hit the wrong button. Like it's it's one of those things. It's, that's just wrong. So, but Vogelbach is they hit the wrong button on the other side. That Vogelbach is he does provide a lot of power there for that uh, nice little nice little left-handed first baseman action right there. Toronto I think is very interesting for the for the reasons that you said. We just don't know what we're going to get out of Sheffield. We've got a young lineup. These, some of these guys can just flat out hit, man. So, uh, who are your favorites in the Toronto lineup and? Is this one of your sneaky, sneaky stats of the night? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that sneaky, other than that it's a late game. Um, I've, I've heard a fair amount of talk on stacking them. You know, I, I mean, I really think this is more a stack than anything because when when Sheffield has come up to higher levels, he just he just starts walking everybody like he's scared to throw a strike. So when that's the case, it's pretty hard to guess who's going to get the pitch to hit. Um, you just think there's going to be a bunch of base runners. Um, really, any of – any of the righties um, are fine to play on their own, but just because I know that I don't know, um, I would rather just stack it and say, if he looks like he looked last time they called him up, he's just going to walk everybody. 
All right, fair enough. I'm going to turn our attention now to uh, we got 12 minutes and we're going to build at least one lineup here. So uh, maybe two if we get a chance. But uh, let's take a look at some Yahoo pricing and let me build a, a roster on my end and put it into the tournament tonight. Let's start off with, would you agree that when you're building your Yahoo lineup, or we're, we're using Yahoo because we're doing it, but just about any lineup, pitcher is, is the first place you want to go to at, at, when you're building a tournament lineup, or do you prefer to start off with maybe your favorite hitter? Yeah, uh, in cash games, it's pitcher. In tournaments, not necessarily. Um, um, like on a slate like this, um, you know, there's enough pitching um, that personally, like, you know, I have a lean towards Flaherty, but you might just say I like anyone from DeGrom down through uh, Velasquez all the same, and in, in which case you want to pick out your favorite couple of hitters first. Well, on a night like tonight where we've, we've gone through these game by game, we know what we got at pitcher. We know the definite studs and the value plays at hitter. What are we most likely to roster first here if you're building your lineup tonight? I would pick my favorite of those little mini stacks. Those little, there's a couple of, there's those several little two man um, pairs like the Bregman Springer or the Polanco Kepler. Um, All right. Uh, something like that. Um, fan okay. Those. Let's see here. I want to, all right. I can, I can live with uh, the Houston stack, the little mini Although I know we want to pay, pay up, we're going to pay up for pitching too. Have some, well, but uh, let's go Springer, Springer, Bregman. If I have enough later on, I'll, I want to include Altuve. I just think, think he's such a good second baseman tonight. But let's type in Springer. Uh, bear with me. My typing skills are rudimentary. Springer. Typing is hard. Bregman. I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to do one hand, the one handed, the left handed type. It's, you know, it's tough. All right. So we got that little two man stack. I can add to it later. I do. I do like a couple more pieces from Houston, but they're so expensive. Want to make sure we get some uh, other pieces around there that we like. Now we're going to go to pitching. You seem to think Flaherty is your just your your guy tonight, right? That yeah. is my guy tonight. Yes. So I'm gonna pu I'm gonna plug him in there. So then uh, I've got a, a short list of options for that second pitcher spot. If I want to spend a lot of money, if I think I can extract a lot of value. From you know, there's always seven dollar and eight dollar hitters on Yahoo that are just really good and underpriced. Uh, then I could take a guy like Degrom, uh, but for four only four dollars less, which I think may drive down the ownership a little bit on Yahoo. I can get Barrios. I think Barrios is such a good play tonight. And then we talked about another guy who's even cheaper. If I want to load up on offense, I go down to thirty six dollars. Take Velasquez against Miami. This is a tournament team, so I know the outcome is not always going to be great. But this is a tournament, so I just need it to happen that one time tonight. So out of those three guys right there in the scenario I've covered, which one are you most likely to uh, roster tonight? DeGrom, a little bit less for Berrios with less ownership, or just save the money and go Velasquez? With what you're saying, I think you go with Velasquez, who has the points per dollar upside, and that might allow you to get your Altuve in there. Okay, I like it. Anytime I can get some Astros. Right, yeah, drop excited is all. Oh, I like it. When I get the Astros in. Are the Astros your favorite to win the World Series right now? Yeah, for the next decade at least. Oh, I love man. You're now They're you're so talking, good. They're you're so talking good. dirty, Lynn. You're talking dirty. All right. We got to get on here. All right. Uh, next, okay, we got $13 left per player. We filled out Bregman, Springer, Flaherty, Velasquez. 
now we can start looking at uh, maybe position by position real quick and, and see if there's anybody that jumps off the charts. I go to catcher. Usually we can find a lot of good value at catcher. Guy like Gary Sanchez is 12 bucks tonight. Grandel is only $13 against Merrill Carroll. I mean, you got to love that. And then there's always this string of $7 guys like Chirinos. And there's always going to be guys like uh, Omar Navarez. Nar Narvez is out there for 7 bucks. Catcher is always a very fruitful position on Yahoo. Uh, do you have a favorite or do we want to come back to that? Um, given that we have those two Astros and not a lot of money left, I would lean Chirinos there. All right. We're, hey, like I say when I go to the club, money is not an issue. So we're going to play Chirinos, but we can always circle back and get us a, a true a true certified stud at, at that position if we want to. All right, so $14 per player left. First baseman, let's take a look at first baseman. I'm going to pull it up on my lineup builder real quick. All right, first baseman, whew, we got some more. There's good an obvious guys. correct answer, but I will let you figure out what that is. Uh, the correct answer here. Let me see here. We could go Vogelbach at eight bucks. That's a real. You got it on your, on your first guess. How popular? Let me see. Okay. Do we have 15% ownership? Is that enough to, to move the needle for you? Like, do you, at what percentage is a guy you look at and say, okay, you're looking at RG projection of ownership and say, that's too much. I can't go that route. Is it 15, 20, 25? At what point do you back off of a guy? Cause it's too much ownership. Um, if, if we're not at 20, I'm not that worried about it. Not worried about it. Okay. Vogelback at eight is good. And there's a lot of good options at first base, but you're right. As far as uh, dollars are concerned, we can, we can play that. I can put that on there. I have no problem. So let's plug that one in. That's going to bump us up to slightly over $15 per player left. Uh, we've got about four spots. <coughs> My apologies. <coughs> All right, got you so excited you're choking. That's my fault. That's the thing that's been caught in my throat <clears throat> since the start of the show. Don't know what it was, but <clears throat> it's been hampering me this whole time. I'm going to skip second base because I'm going to want to play Altuve, but I don't want to rush that. So let's go to shortstop now. There's options here. Lindor, 21. Actually, the options at, at, at shortstop are actually kind of expensive. There's no, like, first baseman you can get for 8 bucks like this. They're all pretty pricey. Polanco's jumped up to 19. For a long time, he was about $12 on Yahoo. Lindor's 21. There's, I mean, options, but they all cost money, the really good ones. So, shortstop, what stands out to you here on Yahoo that maybe we could uh, stick on this lineup? We've got money. We can play whatever we want, really. Yeah, the problem is the the punts just aren't good. Like, there's, it's, it's weird that catcher is better than shortstop at the low end. I mean, you could play Adrianza. Um, just if you need a $7 guy, um, you can play Orlando Arcia. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like Polanco, um, but then that's kind of your last big spend if you do that. So I guess that I would almost look and see how you feel about the cheap outfielders before deciding if you want to try to spend up at shortstop. Yep. Let's do that. Let's look at some outfielders because, uh, that's, uh, shortstop is going to be tough. It's going to be a difficult, I don't want to totally punt it and it is going to cost money. Outfield's always a spot, though, we can find some guys who are cheap. I mean, we've talked about some guys here. Taking a glance at this, the studs are probably going to pass over them because I don't think we're going to afford the Yelichs and the Trouts of the world. Supreme value in a guy like Aaron Judge for only $11. I don't want to face off against Rue, but, man, $11 for a real power hitter in a pretty big game, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, you can go that route. Uh, 
Tony's at 16 Dickerson. I do like Dickerson, but 17 bucks, it's a bit much. I mentioned I like Ozuna in that matchup against Lambert. He's $16. We, we could afford him if we were going to go more balanced from this point out. Um, looking down, Reyes is at 9 bucks. I'm not seeing the big like value $7 guys that are usually there on Yahoo. Maybe they, they adjust yeah, us. The, the, the only guys who are sort of like single digits, you mentioned Reyes, like Alex Gordon is in there for eight. Um, I could do that. One. But these are not, these are not super exciting plays. Like um, I agree. It makes more sense to kind of go mid range in the outfield, which you're not going to be allowed to get those super expensive guys either, but um, maybe that's the way to play it. Let's go mid-range. Uh, I want to. I, I want to start off at this point and go Ozuna. Sixteen bucks is it's fair enough for me. I'm mean, I'm just looking at the matchup with Lambert. If if any of the numbers hold true to form, Ozuna is going to be a pretty decent force tonight. So I want to go Ozuna. And do you have another mid-range outfield play that kind of jumps off to you? Uh, if you're playing Ozuna, I would just play Fowler with him. You like a little Fowler too. I did like that lefty matchup against. Lambert so we'll get that one two punch in there we've got money man we've got two spots left open here second base and shortstop you know 31 bucks total so if we spent seven if we spent men's salary on something we'd have 24 we could actually jump up to a 24 dollar player in one of these positions if we had a minimum guy we could take I'm not saying we're going to do that but second base shortstop does anything stand out for you like is there any uh any preference there on that position? We looked at shortstop. It was super, super expensive. Uh, so it's probably yeah, I feel a little better about going cheaper at second. Um, I mean, we've got like Merrifield is $13. We've got Brousseau for Tampa is nine. Dietrich is seven. Oof. Like uh, if you have to punt, I'd rather punt at second than short. I would agree with that. So let's, First guy you mentioned that uh, stood out to me was the Merrifield. Been a really good hitter this year. Let's put in some Merrifield at uh, second base here for, what was it, 13 bucks? you said? Yeah. Look at that one in. Okay. Oh, my goodness. It always does this. It always does this, Cheese. One dollar away from the perfect player in the last spot. One dollar away. One dollar away from Polanco. I don't even know what to think about this anymore. The world is collapsing. We can't get Polanco unless we adjusted Merrifield. Is yeah. Polanco good enough to where we can back off of Merrifield and go with a $12 or less? Yeah, or you could back off uh, Fowler, see if there's a $15 outfielder. Okay, so Polanco, like, we're, we're in this range. We just got to find a way to get Polanco instead of going down to, like, a, a Bogarts or somebody like that, right? We just got to make sure we get Polanco here, right? That's what I would be doing, yeah. Let's do that, and let's see if we can figure out another thing for the Fowler. $15 for an outfielder is definitely doable. <sighs> Does anybody stand out? We could play cleanup hitter Marwin Gonzalez tonight at Detroit. Uh, you know, Kira Myers in Baltimore with that match. We got a Cleveland guy, Mercado, second second place hitter against the Kansas City against uh, Judas. There's options here. What stands out for you? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with those guys. Um, I kind of like Mercado. Um, get to the top of that Cleveland order. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. There's a lot of different ways you can go. So I think the point on that build was that when we got down to that last spot, it was just so much more valuable 
to make sure we got Polanco on there instead of sacrificing because sacrificing Fowler was a lot easier than sacrificing Polanco. So I think that's the key to the build today, boys and girls. But if you take a look at it right there, that's what I'm going to submit. Maybe if something happens later on in the next hour, I can change it just slightly. But otherwise, this is the one you're going to see in the tournament, guys. And that's going to take us to the uh, 10 prior to the hour mark. And we got to get out of here. Cheese, man, I appreciate you jumping on today. It was a pleasure doing the show with you. Any parting words for the peoples? Uh, no, let me uh, so rapid fire the three questions that we got to ask. Can you play Tampa in a stack? Lefties in a stack? You have to play Meadows in a stack. Best play in the stack. Is Hoskins broken? No, he's a fly ball hitter, so he'll be hot and cold. Dawson Makata, he's the only player to play for the White Sox I like. Oh, that's the man of the people answering them questions as we get out of here. Guys, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hit that like and subscribe button. Good luck in all those GPPs, guys. For Cheese is Good, I'm Head Chopper. We're out of here. Life gets in the way sometimes, okay? We can't always just drop everything we're doing to make the most positive EV pick in the best ball championships. Sometimes mistakes are made. A guy is taken a round or two above ADP. Maybe you draft two tight ends that have the same bye week. But what we are looking at today is not that, no. Today we are looking at the truly egregious face-melting picks that defy all logic. These are the worst best ball picks of the 2019 offseason, and I'm your Roastmaster General, Peter Overzet. How you approach the bye weeks in the best ball championship is a very interesting strategic angle you have to consider. Well, I really appreciate the angle that Mike B572 took here, taking 10 guys with a week 10 bye. Now, the bye week is what we may notice, but when you dig deeper, what you'll really notice is that this is actually an all NFC East team, yet with no New York Giants. My working theory is that this Mike is actually Mike Francesca, and this draft took place on a day Gettleman wasn't returning his calls. Next up, we have Bookworm123, who took Andrew Luck first overall in this draft. Now, this is a man that should probably set the books down and refresh Roto World every now and again, but my working theory is that he's a paid actor receiving checks from Jim Ursay under the table to try to convince everybody that there is totally, absolutely nothing at all wrong with Andrew Luck. Speaking of taking quarterbacks early, Promise34 took Brady at 210 here. I can only assume the titular Promise here is vowing to take a 42-year-old QB at the deepest position in the second round, no matter what. Promise kept. A guy with the handle Frank G 707 took Jimmy Garoppolo 1-1 in this draft? 707 is a San Francisco area code, and it would appear that his last name starts with a G, similar to Garoppolo. 
the only explanation is that this man is Jimmy Garoppolo's uncle. And if not, someone needs to take his phone away from him. Now, taking one QB early is cool. But do you know what's really cool? Taking five QBs early, like Mambo did here. More like Mambo number five. A little bit of Mahomes in my life. A little bit of luck on the side. A little bit of Watson is all I need. A little bit of Mitch is what I see. A little bit of Cousins in the sun. That was embarrassing. Next up, we have an individual named Umkane, and his draft strategy can best be described as robust, 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 robust tight end. He took nine tight ends. Nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Can't say I hate the strategy, but if I did have to quibble with just one little thing, it might be not taking a 10th tight end considering O.J. Howard and Greg Olson have the same bye week. Gotta cover those bye weeks. All of these players hammering the onesie position early are clearly putting themselves behind the eight ball. We know we should be hammering running backs and wide receivers early, and sometimes that means reaching to get our guy. Take this guy here who snagged Carlos Hyde at 3-2 after nabbing Damian Williams at 2-9. That's just elite level handcuffing right there. Although a rare miss on his part not grabbing Darwin Thompson at 4-9 and Darrell Williams at 5-2. Gotta lock up that backfield. I like this guy Dotsum's approach to the 2-9 in this draft. At this point, almost all of the bell cow backs are off the board, so we have to get creative. Really, really, really creative. Like backup running back on a bottom five offense creative. Devin Singletary will be telling his grandkids about getting picked here someday. Ultimately, though, I gotta cut these guys some slack. You can potentially survive a bad third or even second round pick but it's the first round, that high leverage, ever so important round. That's the one that will get you. Because as the adage goes, you can't win your league in the first round, but you can lose it. These are the words that this owner took to heart when he took Quincy Anunwa 102 in this draft. And I can't see the whole roster, but these wide receiver picks he made to start the draft are like that galaxy brain meme unfolding in real time. And look, you do need a unique roster construction to win this overall best ball championship. And I can't think of anything more devastatingly unique than a team that starts Quincy Inunua, Hakeem Butler, and Jalen Hurd. If anything, we should be applauding this individual for having the patience and the wherewithal to wait on drafting Tim Patrick until the late fourth. And that's, that's a lot of restraint. I don't think any single pick this year can top this first round selection by Canton Bulldogs, okay? Where in the middle of the first round, he drafted undrafted Saints rookie, uh, let me check my notes here, Divine Azigbo. Yeah, Divine Azigbo. Sure, David Johnson was still on the board. Sure, Azigbo would have been available in the last round. Sure, he might not even make the team. Sure, this guy Canton could have spent this money on multiple beers. Sure, but 
fantasy football is about having fun, guys. And having fun means reaching for your guys. Here's to you, Canton Bulldogs. You clearly had dreams and aspirations of being immortalized when you made that handle. And today, you accomplished your goal because we are inducting you into the first ballot hall of shame. You did it, man. We've looked at some truly head-scratching picks today. We've seen some really, really aggressive, robust positional allocation strategies. But no one team and no one roster is bound to keep me up at night as much as this roster that Michael Dubner sent me via Grime Time 0518. Now, what's so disturbing about this roster is that at first glance, the positional allocation seems somewhat reasonable. But when we start to look closer, a truly, truly unhinged madman is revealed. First, he takes Baker Mayfield at 110. Massive, massive reach, but okay. He follows it up with two sensible wide receiver picks, okay? And then, and then the coup de grace, the the actually mind-blowing pick of Taron Sproles, who I believe is like fourth on the Eagles' jet chart right now. Darren Sproles at 4-3. I mean, either this guy is the world's only combination Baker Mayfield and Darren Sproles superfan, or he periodically blacked out throughout this entire draft. This draft looks like it came from a guy who got absolutely obliterated, read one article about zero IRB and hyper-fragile roster construction, and then said... Let's do it live. Grime time. Logging in. Grime time, baby. Grime time. I'd like to imagine that's what he did after every pick. Darren Sproles. Grime time, baby. Thank you to everyone who replied on Twitter, sharing your favorite worst best ball picks of the 2019 season. Let me know in the comments if you have any others that you've seen. We can all laugh through the tears together. What's going on, Rotogrinders? Dean here. It's Dean 704. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's 501 on the East Coast, 201 on the West Coast, 401 
Tennessee time, but of course, it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It is called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft, as confirmed by the hat from one Blender Jordan. Uh, I badgered you all pre-show. I apologize. <laughs> What's up, dude? How's a? How's I don't have any anecdotes about playing on Fantasy. When I win a big GPP there, I will have plenty of anecdotes, but none currently. You, what are you, babe? You're calling your shot over there? Is that going to uh, happen? Well, I Come hope so. Can, can I do it? Do I have the magic power to do that? Can I do that tonight? Last night was awful. Hey, last night, last night, I faded the raise completely. And it's not like anyone did very well. And I still lost. So how does that happen? Well, first of all, you're breaking the rules. We don't care about yesterday. We don't care about tomorrow. But yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you, the entire week's been bad for me. And I held with the almanac. Maybe that'll help. But that doesn't help me. I, I feel like I may have been duped. I bought this on the internet. And uh, it's not big. Well, it only goes to 2,000. That won't help you now. Good point. But it's a big sample size. It's 50 years. <laughs> well, then put that into your database. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I'm uh, I'm taking a cue from you. I'm, I'm going to be uh, just tournaments today. And... Uh, I'm, I'm rolling out. I'm just, just having fun making 20 lineups. And I'm going to see, I, I was guessing with the lineup builder earlier today and I still haven't completely mastered that, but. Uh, Do people know now that the NFL one is, is live with all the new features in it with the, the quick stacks and whatever. I know Britt showed a bunch of it to me before he has a video out explaining some of the stuff, but let, let me tell you like the way that I build like lineups in NFL like is is exactly the way that the quick stacks are set up, but it would always take me two hours to do in groups. And mm-hmm. now you could just it's it's I mean, it's going to be so much easier if you're building a multiple lineups from ten to twenty to one hundred and fifty, uh, and make sure you're getting that first correlation, second correlation, and making sure that you you get the lineups that you want to have. I mean, I think it's a great addition. You know, Brett showed you. I thought uh, Brett. Brick showed you. I thought I was special because he showed me too. And he was very polite about it, but it was very clear what he was basically saying is that he's like, look, I know you're kind of a moron when it comes to these things. And basically you're the litmus test. If you can figure this out, if you kind of grasp the concept, what I'm saying, then everybody else is going to understand it too. So uh, yeah, I got a sneak peek as well, as far as what's going down football wise. Obviously, if you guys aren't aware, we're going to have football shows too. If you're not aware, if you're new to Rotor Grinders, uh, we'll have football shows in the weekends, full shows all throughout the week uh, on the YouTube and on the site as well. Lots of uh, premium content also. And, uh, and also, hey, you know what? I always ask you because, like, you're always in their uh, Discord channels. Tell the people what the Discord channels are because uh, I feel like so some people have premium memberships and they're just not aware it exists. And it's very important, especially when it comes to, like, uh, preseason football, which is tons of great knowledge being dropped in there. And that's not as uh, easy to grab. You're all by yourself. No, I think that the best part of the value of a premium subscription at Roto-Grinders is the Discord. And it's not just for NFL, for MLB. Like, the, the, we, if you have the bat, if Cardi's the bat projection, which is what I use, that channel is going 24-7. And Matt Meiselman is the one of the moderators in there. And it, it, we're, it's, it's all strategy all the time. What's owned, all the stuff I talk about on the show, I'm in there talking about all the time. And I'll be doing it for NFL, for NBA when that comes around. So, like, you get... You get meansies in there. Your cheese shows up once in a while. I mean, we get all the experts in there that, like, it's not just answering QQs. It's about having actual strategic discussions over, is this stack going to be more on than that? If I play this guy in this contest, like, the stuff that's not just, like, who's going to do well today, but, like, I'm playing this, I'm playing a qualifier. Do you think this is going to be this versus that? Like, it's, it's 
It's really, really important, especially since a lot of the content is great that's put out by Roto-Grinders every day from the, the musings to the NFL content is so much stuff, but it's, it's, it's built for like a wide audience as possible. So you have to take the context compared to what you're doing in daily fantasy, but in the discord, you can get as granular as you want. Yeah. And they can just ask you direct questions and just kind of ping you and uh, yourself and uh, Jamino for, college, you know, for, for football. And like you said, cheese is lurking means I'm sure isn't there. Plenty. He's definitely in there plenty for basketball season. And he's also in there for baseball season as well. And, you know, and a lot of the members are bringing sharp info information as well. Uh, Bo, you mentioned fan draft. You're going to be banking. Is, does that mean you're going to be uh, playing the football season strong, especially week one with what they have going down as far as their contests? Yep. I, I'm, there's probably going to be overlay. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to deposit a bunch of money and like, like to, to me, to, to, to me, it's like, it's free money. When it's rake free, you pay that membership fee. Like if you, obviously if you're depositing a decent amount of money, you could do a wire on the bank, get away from like the 3% deposit uh-huh. fee. So I'm taking advantage of that. And then like, if, if we're going to see cash games that are overlaying, if we're going to see a, a million dollar tournament that may be overlaying, like I've, I've especially when the, the, the pricing is although it's different and the construction is different, the pricing is very similar to DraftKings, and that's where I play primarily. It's not that big of a leap to go from one side to the other, and at least I'll do it during NFL season, and maybe it'll it'll go on to to NBA, especially NBA where you could play like you know five centers, and I I love playing the centers in NBA. So uh, not to speak for fans draft per se, but I I saw it was in a forum where, where fans draft was talking about one of their reps. You're talking about a wire transfer. I think they said a big wire transfer amount would be anything greater than two thousand dollars, and they would waive that fee. So, uh, yeah, lots of reasons to play over there for sure. Hundred percent of the entry fees paid out. Hundred percent of the times, break free DFS. All right, enough shenanigans, enough pleasantries. No more anecdotes. We got to talk some baseball tonight. I'm hoping for a big anecdote tonight in baseball. (laughs) I'm hoping so as well. Uh, you know, I want the wire to come to me this time. After tonight, I want them to be wiring money to my account. Well, that may go down. Uh, that depends what we do, obviously, as far as building our line of construction. And today, it's just like loaded as far as pitchers. You know, Degrom at the top. You know, Lynn against the White Sox, well positioned. Hunter and Rio. Uh, you know, really solid pitch up, pitcher, tough matchup. But Rios against Detroit, nut matchup for sure. Flaherty's been awesome. Gets a terrible Colorado team outside of Coors without Turner Story. You got Erod. You got Paxton, who's been up and down. Granky solid. Uh, Paddock, you know, good arm. Uh, Velasquez on the Chief against the terrible Marlins. Where do you want to start? Because it's pretty overwhelming. I kind of got my pull down pretty thin, surprisingly. Uh, how about you? He's jumping off the page for you. I mean, you, I don't think you could go wrong. I mean, obviously, we've seen you could go wrong. It could go terribly wrong. Uh, but I don't think you could go wrong. If you're playing, like, cash games, I think the the construction is going to be, like, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to get like DeGrom and Flaherty together, but I could see point per dollar wise. I think the two best plays are Flaherty and Velasquez. And I, and it, and it gives you enough uh, salary to get the bats that you want. And we got some underpriced bats uh, that you could squeeze in. We got underpriced twins because they were priced to, to face Matt Boyd. So like, if you want to go up, if you, if you want to go mid range, like I think they're all viable constructions and in, in GBPs, it's just a matter of, of, I mean, you're playing the ownership game to some extent. I don't think there'll be any pitcher that's going to be like 30 plus percent owned. But if anything, if it's going to be anyone, it's probably going to be Flaherty and Velasquez. 
So uh, take a guess. Who are the two pitchers that are predominantly in most of my lineups today? <laughs> Blair yeah. and Velasquez. You better you better have uh, contrarian stacks. Uh, well, I, I had some. You know, I, Bryce Harper is really doing a, a terrible job at timing this baby. I want. I would love Bryce Harper today. Unfortunately, he's a uh, he's not giving it a go. And who else? Travis Darno is not playing as well. Uh, and also another guy that I liked it. A lot of my guys got scraps. Oh, Rosario. Rosario's uh, nursing an ankle or He's got a leg. Uh, let's just, you know, make it easy. Just not take a body part on the leg, but just say the leg in general. Uh, he's not going to give it a go. He's out of the lineup as well. But uh, I'm so thinking of going to blame your loss today on his baby. That's kind of mean. Well, no, <laughs> he couldn't wait like a weekend. Um, no, no. Like uh, he's, he's, uh, he's away on paternity leave, Bryce Harper. I'm not sure that if you're you got to play him when he gets back. Well, the, well the, what did Brian Dozer do last night? That was his first game back after the – was that a baby? Well, people period? don't remember when the narrative doesn't work. Come on. The way narrative streak works is you only talk about it <laughs> when it actually hits. Otherwise, it's Fight Club. We don't talk about it. And that, that's just how that goes down. And then that, that's how narrative streak just stays undefeated. Um, you, you mentioned the ownership. And, of course, you know, we have projections out. They are fluid. They always change, you know, uh, up the lock and get more and more precise. And uh, I'm a little bit surprised seeing DeGrom at the top. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. DeGrom is the best pitcher if salary wasn't the thing. But say it with me. We live in the world of a salary cap. And there's a lot of good step towns. And this is not, you know, uh, Cole uh, or, or uh, Verlander versus Detroit. It's a good matchup against Atlanta because uh, if you take a look at their lineup today, and that's all we care about, this Atlanta lineup is not as strong as it normally is. They have a catcher in there that strikes out uh, a good bit in the minor leagues. He's projected to strike out according to the bat, as you mentioned. Uh, 37% of the time when he cracks the majors. So that's a nice little boost to the Grom. As far as the K props, he's got the highest K prop of the slate, eight, eight and a half. If you kind of work your way down, uh, we talked about, you know, a Lynn at seven and a half against those terrible White Sox, Flaherty. Flaherty at seven and a half. And I was just looking at the plate IQ, and it's not the best matchup from a K perspective for what it's worth. Like the top four guys at 18, 17, 12, and 13 is as far as the percentage. Collectively, it's at 20%, but. You know the what the guys that are susceptible to the K are gonna you know bear, be buried in the lineup to some degree. Hampson batting eighth, you know Daza at twenty five percent, McMahon at twenty six percent, but Flaherty is also a guy that can go like seven or eight innings. He has that capability too, and also he's not priced as like an ace. So uh, I agree with you. Flaherty is my favorite pitcher dollar for dollar. And talk to me about Velasquez, who by the way, just for fun, just to make things a little bit dicey, he's got an extreme hitters on fire. And Velasquez has a history of being a little wonky, a little bit wild we care well understand the thing first with with uh flaherty because the k rate of this lineup is a little bit lower but it's also a weaker lineup so yeah. flaherty's floor is high but his ceiling may be more limited so like i think in cash games playing flaherty and him getting six k's for his salary seven innings getting the win i think i think you're fine with but understanding gpp that yeah, the likelihood of an 11K, 12K performance is probably a little bit lower than some of these other pitchers. Now, with Velasquez, this Marlins lineup that that is being thrown <laughs> out today, uh, it the the lineup, and this does not even include the pitcher. So understand that the pitcher strikes out at God knows how much, uh, has an ISO of 139 and a strikeout rate of 27, 26.9%. Okay. Velasquez, and, and also you're playing in Miami, so you're protected a little bit more against fly balls. So, like, like he's he's obviously, I think he's going to be the most uh, owned pitcher on the slate. Popular SP2. I don't think anyone's going to use him necessarily as an SP1 and then pay down in the second slot. But 
But we've seen Velasquez, you know, it, he, if he's not on, he's not on. So he could walk three guys, give up seven runs, even in, against the Marlins. And like, don't come tilting to me. Don't come looking at your almanac going, how, how did I figure that was going to happen? But not uh, even the almanac knows what Benny Velasquez is going to do. It's just like, I don't know. Right, <laughs> we got one. Like Alfonso it. Marquez behind the plate. That's a nightmare. But I mean, uh, like, if a lot of K's, price, a lot of K's in this lineup. You know, Diaz has been a disaster outside of like banging a homer off at the Grom. He's been terrible. Otherwise, Alfaro, revenge game. He strikes out 36% of the time. Uh, Lewis Brinson, the worst non catcher hitting baseballs, hitting baseballs, swinging at baseballs, I should say, at 32% as far as striking out. Even the top walker, 24%. Their two best hitters are both in the lineup, Anderson and Cooper, but, you know, they still will strike out for what it's worth. They actually have. You know, Anderson's a real-life Major League Baseball player, and Cooper is as well. A birdie's whatever. Um, you know, not a monster K rate for Velasquez, 25% and change. The walk rate, a little bit too high at 8.9%. But, you know, the price is kind of baked in. He's always not the he's not the most efficient guy. He's not necessarily a guy that can go terribly deep. We did see him go seven innings a few games ago, which is a nice positive sign. And, you know, six innings, what, wait, yeah, seven innings and uh, five. <laughs> like, we'll take five, I guess, maybe. I don't know. From a run prevention perspective, he should be fine, and he should strike out six or seven or five at least. I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have too much Velasquez, but we'll see. I'm I'm, I'm the other way. I'm not gonna have much of him, only because there are people in this range that have close enough projections that you know the variance in baseball things happen. So I mean, you could maybe I think Velasquez in cash games. I think he's probably the best play in that range. Who are these people? Who who are the pivots? Oh, you could play Fultonevich, 6,900 against the Mets. The Mets don't have Frazier in the lineup, don't have Ramos in the lineup. I know he's more susceptible to lefties, but the bottom of this order is is Giorme, Ligaris, Nido, and the pitcher. So, like, if he could get by, I mean, Alonzo and Conforto, I mean, Panic is a lefty, but he doesn't have much power. He's pitching in New York. So, like, that seems like if you told me Fulty had more points than Velasquez, I wouldn't be shocked. You have Mitch Keller against the against the Reds. Like if he show, if he showed up with twenty points, I wouldn't be shocked. You, know, you, you could even take, make a case for Jordan Lyles for Zach Plezak. I think Plezak's upside is a little bit more limited. But like all these guys in like this seven K sixty six hundred to to seventy eight hundred range, like are close enough in projections. Velasquez projects better, but like only ten percent better. So, like, it, in, in the course of normal MLB variance, if Velasquez is going to be 30% owned, 32% owned on a on a 13-game slate, and these other guys are going to be a third of that, like, I'll take, my sh- I'll, t- I'll take my shot in large field GPPs on the other guys and hoping Velasquez at least gets hurt enough that he only has, like, a nine-point score. But in worst-case scenario, if Velasquez puts up 22 points, which is great for his salary, like all these other guys could put up 20 points anyway, and it becomes a wash. Who's your favorite guy amongst that muck? Like I, Keller, you know, obviously a big prospect. He's been up and down. You know, he's definitely shown a, a K tendency in the minor leagues. You know, pretty decent in the majors too. Just too wild, doesn't go particularly long either. Um, you know, you said you said Lyles you threw in there, Fleasek you threw into the conversation. I guess you can enter Richards. I don't know how deep he's going to go as far as how many pitches he's going to throw against Baltimore. Uh, you know, maybe if you get 85 pitches out of him, he could be fine. Uh, I mean, I've seen people throw out Dylan Cease just because Texas is not very good. I prefer lefties against Texas, obviously. But still, that lineup's not very impressive. Uh, Disco against Pittsburgh. You know, favorite amongst that grouping? Probably uh, Keller. And uh, 
and faulty. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong with that Mets lineup. It's it's it doesn't look particularly strong today. Uh, yeah, and it's a good ballpark as well too. Keller has major upside. It uh, Pittsburgh, the the stadium there limits righty power, and pretty much that's what the Reds have. And Keller's a strikeout pitcher, so like, yeah, sure he can. I mean, Keller could could walk five guys. I mean, he could give up a bomb, mm-hmm. but like the Cincinnati lineup. Now, I mean, Dietrich's in. He's a lefty, but he also strikes out a bunch. I mean, they're batting Tucker Barnhart fifth for crying out loud. So, <laughs> so I look good. at this and I go, yeah, there's power here, but I mean, some warning track shots, nine Ks. I mean, for sixty six hundred, I mean, that's a possibility. That the, the run total for the Reds is only four and a half. Let's run through them. By the way, I didn't mean to cut you off. Let's run through them. We have a lot of umpire data and a lot of extremes today, for what it's worth. Uh, we have Granky with an extreme hitters umpire, as well as Suarez. Uh, Keller, an extreme hitter's umpire, which is not a good recipe for me because that guy, he needs the corners. He needs, his, he needs two inches off the corners for me. Uh, I'm concerned for Keller. But like you said, there is K upside in theory. I don't believe he's gone beyond five. And I'm, I'm fairly certain this is a team he started against Oil this year. Where he was an absolute disaster in the first inning, and he kind of salvaged. And he actually was okay like the next three or four innings or so. Uh, Disco as well as drawing an extreme hitter's umpire. Velasquez, Hector Noesi. I want to hear it take an Hector Noesi. Oh, good, good. I think people are rostering him, which is like, uh, I am salivating at the thought of people rostering Hector Noesi. Oh, you are? Yeah, he's a disaster. salivating at me then. Uh He's a disaster. Uh, Hector Noesi has been out of the major leagues for four years, and the only reason why he's in the major leagues currently is because the Marlins have have yet to be relegated. They should be relegated. The only thing you need to be able to play for the Marlins is you got to be able to work cheap, and he works cheap. He also gives up dongs. Uh, I understand we don't know what a salary cap, but I'm just going a different route on that. And I also understand this is why I'm super bummed is I was going to play a, a good bit of Philadelphia. This is why I'm mad at Bryce Harper for uh, procreating at <laughs> the wrong time. <laughs> it's very disappointing for me. Uh, Dylan sees uh, extreme hitters umpire as well as, as has uh, Lance Lynn, all the extremes, Jordan Lyles, extreme pitchers umpire. And if you need one more thing to kind of persuade you on uh, Jack Flaherty on the other side, Flaherty's got an extreme pitchers umpire, Merrill Kelly, Extreme pitchers umpire, still no interest. Peter Lambert, extreme pitchers umpire, still no interest. Agree? Nope, I don't agree. No don't boy. agree, buddy. Don't agree. You know me in the vomit. He gets down to the vomit. Uh, there's going to be two guys that I may have uh, uh, 8 to 10% of that, you know, yeah, I got to hold your nose. Yeah. Ross Detweiler put up 29 points yesterday. Well, you can, you can always do that. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm aiming for. I'm trying to beat 26,000 people, Dean. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, Texas versus lefties is different than, uh, you know, Milwaukee versus, uh, you know, what's Milwaukee? His? No, it's St. Louis. Righties against St. Louis? Whatever. Two lefties in the lineup. He's 40. As long as they're under 5K and they can throw 90 pitches, I got I to gotta look at it something, at some point. Hector Nwesi, the Philadelphia lineup has a 22K per, uh, K percentage. They're playing in Miami. Bryce Harper's out. Uh, the fly balls, are, yeah, sure, he gives up a dong. Great. If he, can he give me five innings? He struck eight Braves, okay? If we want to live in the past. Well, he gave up two homers against them, too, because he gave up two homers against everybody's face so far this year. Okay, but he got like 16 points, and he's 5,200. So <laughs> give me that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I, I refuse the roster Hector Noesi in 2019. Unless unless we're doing like Japanese baseball or Mexican, I don't know where he was the last four years. Maybe he was good there, but there's a reason why this guy's been in the major leagues for four years. He's only yeah, thirty. There's also a reason he's 5200. Yes, because he's terrible. 
Yeah, but it, if he's not terrible today, that uh, you get so much, so much value. Correct. He he can absolutely eke his way to twelve to fifteen points. That's oh possible. yeah, Noacy versus Lambert. I, I I still side with Noacy. I know he's done a lot about Lambert. The great thing about DFS is I don't have to decide between those two. <laughs> I can just say Pats. Well, if you went on Slate IQ, I say this every damn time. <laughs> the most the most win equity and most leverage in large field GPPs is a five man stack with a stud pitcher and a scrub pitcher. <laughs> yes, yesterday, like... Russ Detweiler was in the winning lineup. We had Glenn Sparkman this year. Kikuchi put up a 43-point score. Yeah, I mean, look, yes, we've seen, like, catchers come in, and, and well, Wilkerson is one of the best pitchers for the Orioles this year, probably. Hey, hey if he was 2,700, maybe I'd roster him as my SB2. <laughs> I feel like we moved off the top way too quickly, but let's just kind of jump back there. Uh, you know, DeGrom, I assume you think he's great, but like how much are you prioritizing him? I'm not prioritizing him at all. I mean, any of these guys are fine. I think the the the, the person, uh, the, the pitcher I'm going to have most over the field on is Jose Berrios, because I think he may get lost. I think Lynn has a great matchup against the White Sox, high strikeout rate. Uh, DeGrom, if you're going to pay all the way up, people may be a little bit scared of the Braves. But so that'll limit his ownership a little. I think he'll still be over 20%. I think people will t- try to take the safety of Granky. I think Granky is an absolutely fine play at 8,800. But like Berrios against uh, the, I mean, it's, it's against Detroit. the Tigers. It's against the Tigers for crying that they're striking. They're terrible. It's terrible. So like, yeah, Berrios on the season has a lower strikeout rate by two or 3% than some of these some of these guys, but his prop right now is at six and a half with the juice heavily on the over. And you're going to tell me he's going to be like 10% owned. It's Very interesting with Barrios because I think people are playing the, it depends on where you're shopping. I'm not sure if you're playing on Fandle today, but Barrios is oh, like. Oh no, Fandle, Barrios is the, the top play easily. Okay. Yeah. Just want just, just to clarify for those out there, like Barrios is a strong play in Fandle and like on DK, I don't want to say he's overpriced on fans. Jeff, I don't want to say he's overpriced, but you have a, a discounted, I guess you could say he's just Granky, as you mentioned, and Granky should be fine. You know, he's got a fine matchup, I guess, I suppose, outside of facing Mike Trout and uh, Showtime Otani. Uh, oh, we should delve into that. It's the players' uh, the players' weekend. Have you seen all the names in the back of the jerseys? Anyone kind of kind of jump out for you? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so the players get to pick nicknames in the back of their jerseys. Uh, you know, a weekend for the entire year. What and is this, the like, XFL? Come on. He hate me, yeah. No, this is the thing they've been doing for like three years now. You're not aware of this this concept? I only watch baseball because I have fantasy teams. What do I care? Rich, Rich Hill I have – No, no, what they should do, Dean, Dean, what they, if, if they, what they should do is that the DFS sites should change all the player profiles to those nicknames and completely confuse everyone. <laughs> What would, what would be on the back of your jersey? What would, be, would, it, would it be Blender? What would it be? Vomit? What, what, what would be in the back? Uh, probably I can't say it on the air. Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> they also wouldn't let like certain guys wear certain things. I can't. There was some guy they wouldn't let wear. Uh, I don't recall what it was necessarily. I just went ahead and dropped it in the, in the chat for the people out there. Pick out the best ones. Let me know. Because, uh, yeah, I don't remember if they let him do it or not let him do it, but Rich Hill wanted to be Dick Fountain, you know, because Richard, you know, I'm sure you could piece that together. Um, and I don't remember if he, that, that happened last year or not, but I know he definitely wanted to make that happen. But the, yeah, there you go. There, there's all the names. Have at it. They got a couple of good ones. Let, let us know in the chat because we can't – we don't have the time to kind of scroll through all of them. Yes, uh, Vogelbach, I don't, hopefully he has something related to Gerf in his name. I'm guessing he doesn't. I'd not see what Vogelbach has. Jumping back to pitchers. 
Um, yeah, I'm with you on Barrios on Fanduel on DK on a fan draft. I don't know how much I can get there. He's in my pool for what it's worth. Uh, and there's other pitchers like Erod. He's fine, but probably not going to have much if at all any. Paxton, I guess he's fine against the Dodgers because you know he's a well, he's fine for tournaments, I should say. Certainly not. Right. For I mean, uh, if he's going to come in at eight percent owned, I mean. Is a, I mean, he's a decent K prop, and the Dodgers. I mean, look, look what happened with the, yesterday with Logus back. He shut down the Dodgers. And this is Paxton. Yes. If Paxton, I mean, Paxton technically has the highest K rate, like on a large sample size, off than any other pitcher on this slate. So it wouldn't shock me if he went out and struck out 10. The problem with Paxton, though, and his ceiling is that he's not going to pitch more than 100 pitches. Like, it's like he, he hasn't done that since what, April? So that's the only thing that would concern me there. But, I mean, it's kind of baked into his price at 9K. But, I mean, it's not going to be popular. The best hitters for the Dodgers are lefties as well. By the way, DeGrom's got a bigger K percentage than Paxton. I'm not really sure what you're looking at. 31.1% for DeGrom, Paxton at 28.8. doesn't matter, but, you know, it's still pretty strong. I think it's same-sided, like lefties versus lefties and righties versus righties. Okay, you're, you're, you're splitting it up. Okay, I'm talking like the collective as far as all the arms. Whatever, but, uh, whatever I'm going to make it whatever stats make me right. Yeah, uh, the chat's right. I don't really sure what my nickname would be, but for sure my number would have to be seventy nine zero four, right? Okay. It shows it shows how far down on the depth chart you are. <laughs> I'm playing left out, or yeah, you know, well, playing the parking lot at that point. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? It's it's been it's been a rough off season for me. <laughs> All right, uh, what other pitchers are worth mentioning here? We we did talk about Hector Noisy, which is important, of course. Paddock, by the way, another guy that's cheap on Fanduel. I don't know if I'm going to get there because who wants to pick on Boston? Uh, and we know Paddock is a guy that they're not necessarily pushing because why would you? Uh, you know, young prized arm, and there's no reason to let him go too far as far as uh, innings or as far as pitches. Uh, any other takes here that are worth kind of throwing out there? I think I think today is going to be defined by stacks, and there's going to be so spread out on ownership enough at pitcher that, like, I don't. I think that a good third of these pitchers, including Noacy and Lambert. If you want to do the up and down approach, uh, are, are viable. And it just comes down to like make your five man st- on DraftKings. On FanDuel, you're making the four four. On DraftKings, you're making five X or five three or something. Like make your stack first and then fit in the pitchers. And then any of the, any of the pitchers that we talked about, pick two of them. And that seems to be fine to me. Uh, I'm seeing Devin here, our fabulous multitasking producer, dropping a link here in chat. He wants us to know that. Uh, Talk about pitching projected ownership during the premium peak. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we'll definitely pull it up for sure. By the way, uh, so Ronnie Rodriguez, the back of his jersey, is going to have El Felino because he apparently in the offseason is a singer and a rapper in the DR, the Dominican Republic. I was not aware of it. Have you, have you downloaded uh, Ronnie Rodriguez's stuff? No, I rostered him a bunch. <laughs> yeah, El Felino, that's the feline, I believe. The cat. Yeah, well, I think Gato is cat, is it not? I don't know. I don't. I don't speak. I don't. I just speak English. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, remember Andres Galarraga? I'm not really sure if you recall, but remember Elgato Grande, the big cat. Remember him? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Back in the so, day. Yeah, you're mentioning names that are in your almanac. He's in the, Galarraga. He's going to hit 47 home runs in cores. What's like? Uh, right. Not David. I'm Shane. playing Brady Anderson tonight. Is it, where is he in the pool? Got to catch him in the rights. I think it's 1989. Was it 1989 when Brady Anderson hit like 51 homers or something? Yeah, like that? whatever year he was taking steroids. Yeah, whatever. Allegedly, he never got caught, and he had the he had the power of sideburns. His sideburns were amazing. As inspired by uh, Luke Perry, I believe. Second Luke Perry mention uh, of the week. By the way, smash the over. Um, Luke Perry mentions in the week. 
and smash the like button on YouTube. Look at that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> They're like, well, why are they talking about Luke Perry uh, and the uh, Andres Galarraga and DFS? Uh, why would they be encouraged to smash the like button? Well, smash it nonetheless, or just tap smash, it. I don't even know what that does. It supposedly it does something. It helps us out in some way. Analytics, I guess the analytics on the YouTube. It's above my pay grade. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, feel free to like and subscribe and smash, tap, do whatever it does to you know to hit the like button. Pretend you're smashing Dean's face. Well, why? <laughs> why would you want to smash? Well, what that's a violent how, thing to say. At least that's how I visualize. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh man, it's funny when you were mentioning vomit stacks before. I was thinking in my head again. Uh, this is where my brain goes. This would be a fun concept, probably a tricky setup. Remember back in the day, double dare with the slime. You should have like a prop set up, like where you can dump. Uh, what well, I should be able to pull on the chain, and somehow it reaches over there. No, the other way around. I do it, and you get wet. <laughs> wow, we've gone off the rails. We're off the trolley. Summarize the arms for me. Play whoever you want in GPP, as long as they fit. Well, that's, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I th- Okay, Flaherty and, and Blasquez, chalky. Okay, that combo, whatever. The Grum, if you're going up, but you're probably going to have to pay a little bit down in order to fit a stack that you want. I think the Grum's ownership is going to be a slightly deflated, but I think still maybe over-owned. I think you could use Berrios or Lynn instead. I think you could play Granky. You could do like Granky Flaherty and still have a, but that may be too chalky in GPP. But, I mean, I think any, anyone from, like, 6.6K and above, most of the guys that we mentioned, if you play two of them, uh, like, I, I, I don't think, I don't think you can, you're, that's going to decide your fate in GPP as much as, you know, what stack you're playing and whether or not they go off. All right, Devin's going to drop this link in chat for you guys. If you're not aware, we talk about it every single day. Maybe you're new. I suppose we get new people along the way, despite the fact it's, like, we're in the back half or in the quarter, uh, the quarter pull here of the season. Uh, you know, you want to rock the Rotor Grinders badge, we give you an incentive to do so. I don't know what the incentive is to smash the like button, unless just visualizing my face, apparently. I guess that's the incentive you gave the people. But we do give you an incentive to, uh, you know, to hit the, the old uh, Rotor Grinders avatar, uh, you know, roster that throughout the, all the different sites in the industry. Because you finish the top 10 of certain designated contests, you win yourself one month of RG Premium. All the things that Blender was talking about before, that could be yours for one month. Uh, we want to give a shout out to those that are actually do, doing so, that have done so in the last 24 hours. We got Silly Dad 101 and MHDU 2424. Talk to me about bats. Uh, give me your favorite stacks today. Uh, I mean, Slate IQ still has to be updated a bit. Uh, based on based on the OSC, I, remember, I played contrarian. Yesterday, I played zero rays, zero, not even one offs, just none. Uh, today I actually may play them because I think on the 13 game slate, they may they may be efficiently owned. Uh, Toronto is going to be the chalk because they're so cheap. Uh, the Rays are going to be chalky. The Twins are going to be a bit chalky depending on your combination because because Cruz is very expensive. But their price is if they're facing Boyd. So you get Polanco and Kepler and and Marvin Gonzalez is batting fourth at third base. You could do that. Uh, so understand that's like kind of the chalky stuff. Off of that off of that chalk. Uh, if you want to take the shot, I'm not saying that I will. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but if Velasquez is going to be 30% owned, oh, uh, Marlin stack, you can't, I mean, or something you could, I mean, that that's like the, think of that as the concept. You don't have to do that today, but typically stacking <laughs> SP two is, is, is a viable strategy. I think, uh, Cleveland may be in a decent spot against uh, Junis, mm-hmm. uh, 
Houston looks good against Suarez, but that stack is very expensive. I think the stack that I'm looking at, the game that I'm looking at, that may go overlooked ownership-wise, is the Arizona-Milwaukee game. That game's at a 10 total. It's in Milwaukee. Diamondbacks are getting the ballpark upgrade. Milwaukee's facing uh, uh, Merrill Kelly, who's horrible. They have a whole bunch of lefties in that lineup. So, like, Grandal, Moustakis, Grissom, if he begs, I don't even know. I didn't see the order. He's not in there. Okay, he would have been cheap. But, I mean, all the lefties there are fine. And then Lyles. Lyles is a high-variance pitcher. If you want to, if you want to roster Lyles, he could put he could put up a twenty five plus point score today. But he typically struggles against lefties. And this Diamondbacks roster lineup has a as base. I mean, Dyson is a little expensive at forty eight hundred, but these guys are expensive, expensive. Like Escobar and Marte. Then you get Peralta and Lamb and Kelly and Ahmed are expensive. Like it's going to lower their ownership to the point of stupid. Like people are going to play the Twins. Lamb is the one cheap guy. That's it. Right, but. This is a spot with the ballpark upgrade lefties against Lyles that, you know, Lyles could give up three, four home runs and these guys could be 2% owned, but just understand you're paying for it. So like pairing this stack with like a cheap three man or doing the, the, the playing a Lambert or an Oasis in your SB two spot, like you're going to get a lot of leverage in GPPs. So I'm not saying to go all in on that, but it's, it's the type of game where the ballpark that they're at, and the ownership percentage is the way that I see them. That uh, if you're aiming for the top of GPPs and you don't mind coming in last otherwise, I think I'd maybe pay attention to. All right. Catchers, uh, kind of bummed there's no Travis Darno, but we do get Mike Zanino on the cheap. Zanino is one deal. He's got to hit the ball, right? That's kind of tricky for him sometimes, but he's facing one Ty Block, who's got a, what, a 16% K rate on the season. Uh, he's a disaster. The bullpen behind him is a disaster. I know he's a, I know he's batting ninth, but he's on the road, so he's well positioned to get those four ABs no matter what. Basically, uh, assuming they do, like you know, they don't get shut out, which is probably not going to happen. That's one of the guys, you know, dollar for dollar that makes sense to me. Of course, if you have more funds, I like Randall. I like Real Muto versus the after aforementioned uh, revenge game for Muto too. Uh, versus the aforementioned Noisy and that that terrible Marlins bullpen. Which, by the way, I was digging into earlier today. Uh, you know who has not pitched with the Marlins much of late? He's thrown 11 pitches in the last five games. Way in Chet. There's a decent chance we get some way in Chet in our lives tonight. Uh, after Noisy gets smashed, if he gets smashed, we might see two or three innings at a way in Chen, the most overpriced reliever in all of baseball. Uh, locked in for nine, of course. And the Marlins, uh, since the All Star break, or as far as their, uh, their current roster, because the Marlins traded away Nick Anderson, really good arm for Tampa. They traded away Trevor Richards, really, really solid arm there for Tampa as well. Imagine that. The Marlins made a bad trade. Would not have seen that coming. Uh, Lewis Brinson, that's all that matters, right? Lewis Brinson. <laughs> yes. They got Lewis Brinson. <laughs> he's still going to, yes, he's got the unfair comp of being the guy traded for Christian Yelich. Um, yeah, so the Marlins give tons of homers. I understand that ballpark stinks, but, and I understand that Philly line, it's not particularly good either, but I will have more Phillies than most, starting with Real Muto. I'm going to kind of squeeze him in there. How about yourself? Catcher, what are you doing? I think the, I think Zunino is not cheap enough for the fact that he has a million percent strikeout rate. Uh, I think if you if you have uh, I think on this slate in cash on DraftKings at least uh, you'll be able to find the a little extra money to go up to someone like like Chirinos or I mean if you could get up to Grandal I think that's the, that's the best option at forty three hundred. But I think I you I wouldn't be opposed to Barnhart at thirty five hundred. I wouldn't be opposed. To even going, hey, going all the way down and taking like 
Nido at 2,600. Don't take Jeff Mathis. Don't do what Stevie does. And yeah, take a guy. I know he got to suck out and get uh, get a stolen base in the back half of a double steal. Like that's not going to happen again. Right. I mean, I know they're on the road, but I mean, yeah, that's a punt catcher. I just don't think I just like if Zanino was like 600 less, like, yeah, he's one of those type of guys that he'll either he's going to give you a zero or a 14. He's going to get a hit one out or strike out four times. It's not necessarily the best way I think about playing cash, but I don't play MLB cash. So do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm okay with Torino's there in the picture. I'm not sure if you mentioned him as far as you know, Houston stack or just a, you know, as a decent catcher, you know, on his own against Suarez, who's been not good versus righties. Um, anybody? Do you have a vomit catcher? Because I, that was my problem. I couldn't really find one that I was okay with. Can you just can can we put like a video? Can Devin? Can can we put like a video reel? Can I pre-record something that's like? That's like, well, by default, just put the catcher who's whatever stack you're playing. And it doesn't matter. If you're playing a Rangers stack, play Mathis. I'll, I'll give you permission to do that. That's perfectly fine. If you want to, if you want to play, you know, the Dom Nunez in a in a Rocky stack, that good good luck to you. That's fine. So like that, that there's no vomit catcher. It's just like whatever the fifth guy on your stack is. So who cares if you're vomiting in the process? Just do it. Why not? So first base, I uh so, you know, I understand the concept here. You can break the rules once you understand the rules, right? The rules are you're not supposed to, like, hit the lock button on, like, a baseball player, like a hitter. Like, you're, just, you're not, not supposed to do that if you're making, like, you know, more than 10, more than 15, more than 20 lineups. Would you agree that that's a rule, basically? I mean, you can, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't suggest it. I did it. I did it. And, I mean, it's oh, pretty no. clear. Don't, 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 you don't tell me you did it with Hoskins. Of course I did. Like, you know, during football season, every once in a while, I just kind of decide, like, this wide receiver, he's going to get behind the defense, he's going to catch a 60-yard touchdown pass. Earlier today, I just decided, like, Hoskins is going to hit a homer. Oh, I need to get so much more Noesi exposure now. If not off Noesi, it's not working out for you. Oh, it's happening. It's going down. It never works out for you, Dean. I mean, mathematically, it has to at some point. (laughs) You think so, but it doesn't. So Detweiler can, like, you know, you can can follow the Detweiler, but you can't fall into a Hoskins homer? That's not going to happen? Well, if if you're going all in, that means I got to, I'm I'm taking, maybe I'm locked bucking no Noacy now. Okay, well, good luck with that. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm just hitting the lock button on on Hoskins, uh, uh, for DK, uh, it, the price is really, really good. First base is not deep. We'll talk about it. I don't like first base. Uh, there are some other options, and of course, and there's a lot of guys that can get there. But like you know, if you want to play Freeman against the Grom, have at it. Of course, he can get there. You know, Bell against Disco, not a great ballpark, but it's perfectly fine on the left side. And you know, Bell's been kind of had a, a tale of two seasons. He's in the back end, you know, of, of the bell curve as far as the second half. It's not been very good for him. Give me the pivots at second, at, at, at first base, because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I just don't love it. And again, I decided he's going to homer, and that's it. I can't change my mind. No, I don't think it's a bad play. I'm making fun of you, the fact that, like, now that you're playing him, like, everyone that's listening, every all the people in chat, if Hoskins gets a zero, it's Dean's fault. Okay, yes. just understand that. That's that's what happens. I think, <laughs> I think the, the, the best option I'm not clutch. on DraftKings at first base is uh, Jesus Aguiar. 3,900 against Blotch. Jesus, Jesus, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. I didn't, I didn't know what Elgato meant. So what, I'm just going to just... Gonna, <laughs> so, like, if you're, not, if you're not playing Hoskins, I think you play... I mean, you're, I don't think you're paying up at first base in cash on DraftKings. And then uh, if you want to pay, like, Josh Bell 
at 5K against Di Sclafani, who's bad against the lefties, I guess. I mean, he's going to be 3% owned. I mean, this is the, I think a lot of ownership is going to go towards like Aguiar, Hoskins, and maybe Goldie against Lambert. And then if you're not playing either of those three, like any, anyone you play is going to be contrarian. So feel yeah. free to take, either play the guy that's in your stack or play a first base one-off. I mean, play, I mean, it could be anyone, anyone with power. Play Pete Alonso against Faulty for 5,300. Play Vogelback if he's in the lineup uh, against Thornton. Like, I don't, O'Hearn going all the way down to 3K, but that's, he's the Jeff Mathis of first base. So, like, I don't know, <laughs> he could hit a home run or he could get absolutely nothing. <laughs> O'Hearn has been so bad for me. Uh, but, but you mentioned, yeah, smoke is kind of cheap. You mentioned Toronto as far as a stack earlier. And I don't really know what's going to happen with Sheffield. Like, he, He's a, a, an Uber prospect. I wouldn't say Uber. He's a big-time prospect. He was in uh, the James ba- James Paxson deal. Um, he is incredibly wild. He was good at double-A and bad at triple-A. His numbers uh, you know, in the, down the, in the farm are all over the place. Um, really interesting. In 133 innings, though, even when he was bad, 133 innings, only one homer he gave up. But he also doesn't like – he walks too many guys. So I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I do think it's really interesting to consider that Toronto side as far as a stack, like you suggested. Comment here in chat says, never forget that Cardi said Detweiler was garbage yesterday. And he was garbage yesterday. But, like, you can't – you don't have the time to sit there and say – but you ha- add the qualifier of, like, for every single player. Yes, he's garbage, but, yes, it's baseball, and, like, wonky things can happen, and absolutely he's professional, and things can go his way for seven innings. You can't say that in everybody. But, like, he was garbage. Right. Just like today, at the end of the day, when Hector Nuesi has the complete game shutout. Correct. Saying that tomorrow. And, and Nuesi's garbage. No matter what happens in Nuesi's start, he is garbage. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a matter of BABIP and just like the Texas lineup had so many strikeouts in it. And, uh, but, that's, but that's the point. When I, when I start talking about the vomit pitchers, that's what I'm talking about. Like nine, like eight out of ten times, they're garbage. One out of ten times they put up a score that wins you a GPP, and then one out of ten times it's just like whatever it is. We got to hold off on the anecdotes because we're behind on time. We got to hit the accelerator. Uh, Keystone position second base. If you're going to splurge, you have all the money in the world. I think Altuve is the place to go. Uh, we like Moose as well. With a guy, I like Moose as well. It sounds like you're on that Milwaukee side also. Um, who else is jumping out for you at second? Or if you have any thoughts on those guys, feel free to fire away. I think in cash games on DraftKings, uh, you're not paying up at second base. You're going to just take like. Ison, 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 Ison Diaz against, I mean, you could play, hey, you could even play him with Velasquez in your lineup in cash. It doesn't really matter. Or you're going to go down and take like Jason Kipnis at 3,800. You 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 could, Rugdando Door, I don't consider him to be a cash play because he doesn't give you any points if he can't hit the ball. You could even take a shot at like, uh, like a Colton Wong or Josh Van Meter and like the 4K, I just don't think you're going all the way up to 5,300 for Altuve with, with a line of construction for DK Cash. So you're going to try to find, you know, hold your nose. You're not even going to go to Moustakis. Like, you're not going to have the money for that. That's the main reason why in GPP, like, I like him the best at second base as even just a one-off, not even in a Milwaukee stack against Merrill Kelly. Because, like, we currently, the Jamino's hamster wheel has him at 3% owned. Uh, I think he'll be a little bit higher than that, but I don't. I, he may not crack 10%. And uh, he has double down potential at second base at a position that if you take a look at, like you may not get many home runs in this slot. So if you could get one, you're probably very ahead of the field in GPP. 
Again, same deal at third base as far as the Astros. You have all the money in the world. I think Bregman's the clear top play. Uh, you know, we live in a world with salary caps, so you can't necessarily get there unless you're rostering the likes of Hector Oasey. Uh, Matt Duffy as a salary saver leading off versus Ty Block uh, in that terrible bullpen, probably five ABs. He's not a great hitter necessarily, but you get those five at bats and, you know, we have a team total above six. So I think he's kind of interesting as a salary saver. Vladdy Guerrero seems a little bit too cheap uh, versus, C- uh, you know, the Seattle pitcher we're talking about, Sheffield, who's kind of all over the place. Uh, so no, I like that Minnesota side a good bit. Well, and I feel like some of the Minnesota players might have been priced to face um, the good Detroit pitcher. That I'm forgetting his name, Matt something. Why am I forgetting his last name? Whoever the one good uh, Tigers pitcher's name is, uh, is not pitching. He might have had a baby, too. He had something going on. He's not playing tonight. Uh, and also Moose. You can uh, play him here if you're not playing him at second. Your thoughts as far as third? Uh, in GPP, I may not have zero Matt Duffy. If you take, I mean, he's not much of a hitter. I mean, you're playing him because he's 3,100. And he's batting leadoff for a team with a six-plus implied run total. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. He could hit a bomb. Sure, he could you know, go four for five. You're right. It, it could happen. But I think projection systems are going to weigh, you know, point per dollar wise, is, is too high. I think yes, you could get away with him in cash on DraftKings at 3100. But if Matt Duffy is going to be 18, 20 percent, if he's going to come in at that ownership, if if the optimizer is going to spit out, if not, if you don't change the settings that he spits out 30% of him in GPP. Like, I'd much rather get the 900 and go up to Vlad against Sheffield. I mean, if or go all the way up and get Bregman against Suarez. I mean, or play uh, Jose Ramirez at 4,700 or Sano at 4,700 or Marwin at 39. Like, I like Guerrero and Gonzalez for 800 to 900 more because – I could see a, an instance where they could put up 20-plus points. I just don't see many instances Duffy does. Uh, shortstop, the Twins, once again, kind of jump up a page for me. You know, uh, Polanco, I think it's a significant enough break from uh, Bregman where he's worth playing. And, of course, you're playing Bregman at third potentially as well. Uh, I like Minnesota a good bit, 6.4 as far as their team total. A little bit different of a lineup with, uh, with you know, some of the different names being shuffled in and out with Rosario being injured, Kepler. Uh, Polanco Cruz, the aforementioned Gonzalez, Mar Gonzalez actually batting fifth. Uh, I'm sorry, fourth. Uh, Array is batting fifth as well. So no plenty pop in the world as well. Uh, then Doris got great BVP. I know the kids out there love the BVP. This Cleveland team has actually faced uh, Junis, I believe, like four or five times so far this season. A lot, which is not too surprising because he played in the same division. Who's jumping out for you as far as shortstop? I thought you said we were done with the anecdotes. You're well, mentioning to- you're mentioning BVP, and that's, that's not an anecdote. That's, that's anecdotal data. Come on, <laughs> I don't know it. Oh, he's he's two for four. He's oh, he's ground. He's getting three home runs in seventy-four and pass. Who knows? Who cares? Just the facts. Anecdotes. Those are anecdotes. Give me the facts at shortstop. Okay, the facts at shortstop is uh, probably with, with the pricing inefficiency. If you could get Polanco at 4,400, he's probably the best cash play. I think uh, if you're paying up Lindor at 5K or Bregman is fine. Uh, you could get away with, because he's now batting fifth in the lineup, Willie Adamas at 3,900. I'd much rather maybe a little bit cheaper. And actually, Adamas is better to righties than he is to lefties. But he's going to get ownership, especially in, uh, in Tampa Bay stacks. Like, if you're going to play Rays stacks, I don't think you play, like, if you play, the most popular Rays stack is going to be something like Duffy, uh, Duffy Adamez, Aguiar, and then like Famine Meadows, or like, and two of the outfielders. Uh, I think you'd try to, if you're going to play a raid stack, 
eliminate one of those cheaper guys. Eliminate Duffy and take a third baseman that could hit a home run. Or you get rid of Adamas and you play like, even play like J.P. Crawford against Thornton. Or play, uh, hey, against Noesi, play Gene Segura at 4,200. There you go. I mean, play a one. I mean, you could play a one-off type of guy that has some power. Play Paul DeJong. Play someone like that. I mean, I know you're you're aiming for correlation and raid stacks, but you, like you don't want to have. Yeah, I'm going to play Flaherty, Velasquez, five-man raid stack, and underpriced twins and a Jays bat. Like, it, uh, yeah, you're going to play guys that are all double-digit owned. You're not winning a big field GPP that way. You could do it in single entry as long as you differentiate at one or two spots. But uh, if you're going to be playing that type of lineup in big field GPPs, just just don't enter those contests. I don't love the outfield considering there are like so many teams playing baseball tonight. Yelich, of course, if you have the one in the world, you know, awesome play. Uh, we talked about Fam. You mentioned Fam there as far as your race stack. Like him a good bit. Springer as well. Kepler seems a little bit too cheap. Again, I think he was priced for facing Boyd. Uh, Chew's on my radar. Fowler's on my radar as well. You have an underpriced Aaron Judge. Uh, got to cross Bryce Harper off the list, unfortunately. I'm okay with C. Dick. Uh, Corey Dickerson, he might have that in the back of his jersey. I wonder if MLB will be good with that. I'm curious what's on the back of his jersey tonight. Uh, you tell me what's jumping out for you in the outfit because my concern is, my issue is, from a lighting building uh, you know, situation, there's not a lot of cheap outfitters I like. It's Lewis Brinson. As always, Lewis Brinson. Feel free to t- feel free to just PayPal me your money at that point. It costs nothing. I don't care. I will never roster this guy. I don't think I'll ever roster this guy. Yeah. Uh, now the ones that the cheap outfielders that are popping out are the Blue Jays. I mean, that's where where you're going to get your value because they're on the road against Sheffield. They're going to have uh, you know Grichuk and uh, Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, we don't have the line. Do we? Do we not have the the? Uh, let me. You've taught me how to do it, Dean. Hit let the me, refresh button, man. Make it let happen. Me press the refresh button. Did it happen? I know they're the late game. I don't believe that's out just yet. Okay, so I didn't need to. Yeah. We have a projected lineup, but yeah. Right, but I mean, even if just one of them, Grichuk or Hernandez, they're both under, they're about under 4K. Just understand that they have decent strikeout rates, but they have the platoon advantage uh, against Sheffield. Uh, so you could definitely get away with them. I'm not a big fan of playing Judge against Ryu. It's it's something that I may not do in GPP, but I wouldn't call you nuts for, for playing that. Uh, I think if you could get, I think if you could pay in the mid-range, I think Kepler's the best cash bat at 4,700 because uh, Cruz is, is 5,800. So you're, yeah, you're not up there. Uh, and uh, you could, I could even see with this lineup, you can play Lorenzo Cain at 4,200. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, I mean, like Fam is 5,100. Like, I think he's more going to be more popular in stacks than as a cash outfielder. Uh, you could get away with Puig. You get away with Peralta in the mid-range. But I think you're going to have to go down and take – like one of the Blue Jays outfielders, you could get away with like a Fowler against Lambert at 4,200. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Fran. I know Fran Mill Reyes may project decently at 38. I got Fran Mill. Yeah, but he's understanding cash games. Like he may get zero because. I love playing cash games. Oh, God. So we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. That's not worth it. I'm not playing cash. cash. Oh, <laughs> Fran Mill Reyes. Oh, sure. Then play him all you want. We like, gotta fire up. The, we gotta fire up the screen share. The people have demanded that we go back and talk about ownership percentage. Uh, so go ahead. Feel free to hit the old refresh button. Tell me what your thoughts are as far as uh, you know the ownership percentage on pitchers. We're seeing Degrom at twenty four percent. I feel like that dropped a little bit since the, the beginning of the show, which makes sense to me. Flaherty at twenty one. Uh, Velasquez at twenty. Fulty's at nineteen. Keller's at seventeen. Oof. Frankie at 16, it's, it's a, there's a lot of options out there. But you see how it's going to be spread out. That's why I said I think it's going to be decided more by 
by your your five man stacks because like any of these guys in double digits like above like play any like I, I don't consider it to be you to you could do it. all of them could be fine all of them could make value like well, tell me who you're who you're making the biggest stand on like who are you like uh, the, the highest above or below as Barrios, I told you that before because at the lowest ownership against the the Tigers who could strike out a million times like why not like like him and Lynn like my my attitude is is that like. DeGrom at 24, I mean, you're not getting all that much leverage at pitcher today, I think, except for, like, fading like a Velasquez. So, like, it, I don't have to take big stands. I don't have to, like, not play DeGrom. I'm playing 150 lineups tonight. I yeah. will have some DeGrom, but I probably will be under 24%. And I will have Berrios, but it's not like I'm going to have him in 40% of my lineups. But I could have Berrios at 22%. I could have Lynn at 20%. I could have... Maybe be a little under and maybe I only have Granky in eight percent. Like I'm doing stuff like that at pitcher because I'm taking more of my stands at in my batter slots that I I just want to have enough price ranges of pitch. That's why I have my Noacy and Lambert crap vomit pitcher for those types of construction. Well, well let's take a look at the batters just one second. I got to say, but my, my pool is uh, as of right now may take her up to the show. It's uh, Degrom, Flaherty, Velasquez, Granky, and Barrios. I think that's all I had. As far as my pitcher pool, I don't matter if you line up to the guy twenty out there. Uh, well, you, have, you have to play cheap stacks then. Yeah, that's well. I'm not playing stacks. That's how I'm differentiating. I'm just kind of like playing. Oh, playing you're differentiated by losing. Oh, that's a good strategy. <laughs> I mean, the idea that you have to have to stack to win is preposterous. I, again, no, I it's proven mathematically, Dean. It's proven. It's it, that's why we have. Well, it's proven mathematically that Ross Detmeyer is terrible, but you also can have a really good game. You're, you're okay. You're absolutely right. So you, then, you, you can't have it both ways. No, but right? you're going to be paying the same amount. Like this 26 uh, in the, in the 20, the 20 max. What is there? Like 12,000 entries or something. I don't know. So you don't even know. You don't even know the math to do. <laughs> so we don't have time. We have four minutes before oh. we step aside and get out of here. I'm of trying, to, I'm I'm trying to make you not lose, Dean. You're not helping. Letting me help you. We have QQ. We don't. We you didn't have all those anecdotes earlier in the show. We wouldn't. We would uh, be able to talk. Oh, about it's my fault. Yeah, so I'm blaming it on you. Uh, you had to talk about double there for no particular reason. Uh, what up those QQs in chat as I'm pulling up the screen share as far as uh, the team ownership. We're seeing. Uh, Tampa Bay is the highest team ownership, and Houston's coming in next. Kind of scrolling down, we're seeing Cleveland. But none of these are jumping off the page. 8%, 8%, 6%. Give me 30 seconds on this because we have questions loading up. Uh, based on Slate IQ, the highest leverage currently uh, stacks would be – that have a decent enough win percentage would be like Texas, Milwaukee. I think – I think it, according to Slate IQ right now, it, it shows that Tampa is not is has the highest – win expectation but it's still not going to be owned enough it's going to be close but it's not going to be one of those situations where it's like completely and utterly overowned. so like really when it comes to these stacks i'm looking through slate iq and like it's the type of thing like take a stand take a couple of stacks that you think are the best and don't necessarily worry that much about ownership i'm mathematically challenged i said 30 seconds you went you wanted a whole rant there but all right we gotta go <laughs> we have some questions lined up uh just to reiterate your favorite stacks give me three guys that are going to homer we'll knock out some questions in chat before you step aside and make way for crunch time of course if you guys are premium members you can have all your questions answered by tuttle roth will tell you about whether it's lurking out there stacks tongs fire uh i said before my 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 off the board stacks are milwaukee and arizona there and uh, mustaka's home run uh i could definitely 
I mean, it's not going to be Hoskins. Definitely not going to be Hoskins. <laughs> it's going to be Hoskins. He's banging on at least one. He's going to do it early, too, just for fun. Just, this, there's no sweating at all involved. Okay. Uh, I got a twofer for you for cash. I know it's not your uh, genre, per se. Springer and Vladdy versus uh, Boomstick and Sano. I'll the Vladdy side. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. Randall Gritchick over under two and a half homers. Uh, under. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> you don't want to be contrarian in that one? Uh, so what's the overrunner and how many times Dietrich gets a hit tonight? I don't no, know. Gets what? hit by a pitch. He always gets hit by pitches. <laughs> uh, does, Keller, does Keller have a slider? I I don't know. I can't. Uh, I, I don't. He has think... a slider probably, but if he's a changeup pitcher, I don't think so. How about a Brinson double dong the troll? Like that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Navarez versus Chirinos in a uh, in a vacuum. Uh, Chirinos against Suarez? Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, favorite two cheap rays as far as FanDuel cash? I think use the scarce positions. I think Adamas. I don't necessarily know the FanDuel pricing that well, but I'd be more inclined to use the cheap rays at positions that are second base and shortstop. I like FAM. Uh, I'll say that. I don't know. I don't know. It's outfield. I mean, you, there's a lot of options there. We went through the umpires already. Unfortunately, they're asking for it again. Maybe we'll check, take a peek in a second if we can have, have time. They're to all it. extreme. They're all they're, they're going to be coming out like you know, like the Legion of Doom in old WWF, spikes <laughs> oh, and stuff. They're, it's it, that's what it says on the on lineup HQ. Every everyone's extreme tonight. Were you a Legion of Doom guy or are you a Demolition guy? Oh, I like Demolition. Wow, there you for, go. For the name, uh, I have a question. I know it's not an anecdote. <laughs> When they do the nicknames on the players' jerseys, are they yes. also going to do it on the umpires also? I don't know. But the best one that I saw was uh, there's a guy with the last name uh, Marshall, like a pitcher for Oakland or something like that. And on the back of his jersey, it's forgetting Sarah. Uh, there, there you go. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, how about Abraham Toro for Houston? Yeah, he's playable. Uh, I don't mind him. He's got some decent minor league prospects, and he's well-positioned in a good lineup, so I have no issues with that. A uh, few more questions or a question or two before we step aside. Oh, actually, you know what? Let's have time. Let's take a look, uh, reiterate as far as the pitching data. Uh, it's probably the screen share is no longer up, but I can just kind of vocalize it for the people. Uh, extreme pitchers umpire, Lyles, Flaherty, Kelly, Lambert. Extreme hitters umpire, uh, Suarez, Granke, Keller, Disco, Velasquez, Noisy, Lynn, Cease. Do we care? Well, I mean, I, I, anything could happen in baseball. I mean, I, <laughs> adjust the projection a little bit, but it definitely doesn't make it that – the batters still have to hit the ball. Why can't anything happen in baseball but, like, you can't make a team that's not stacked and win in DFS? No, well, percentage – you're right. Anything could happen today, but from an expected value perspective, you're going to be losing money in the process. Correct, but when everybody else is following that path, then all yeah, of a sudden, because it's mathematically more probable, and it's mathematically more probable that Noisy's going to stink, and it's mathematically more probable that Flaherty's going to be good. But you're you're taking the math and playing against the math by saying I'm not going to roster those guys. No, 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 no. I'm playing for the math because the ownership percentage is based upon what other people are doing, and you're going opposite what other people are doing based upon math. Correct? No, no, but no, you're going opposite by stacking because people don't stack enough. Still, they Check still me. Don't. they still don't stack. <laughs> People stack up plenty. What do you think? No, no, they don't. They still don't stack enough. You get the final word. Finish strong. That is my final word. If you're not stacking, you're you're losing. So good luck with that. All right. He's blunder. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Y'all have yourself a good weekend. Stay tuned for crunch time. We're out of here. Enjoy your baseball. Holler. 